I want to remind everyone out there to go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for our email list. If you're not already signed up for that, it's a very important thing. I know um, people may feel like it's not right now, but uh, they've kind of backed off of us for a little bit. But, you know, who knows when those guys are coming back. So that's the best way for us to stay in touch with you, you to stay in touch with us, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so do that. Look around the site. There's all the different platforms we're on. There's merchandise you guys could get. Uh, links to all the different places you could support us. There's Lola's deals, etc. I appreciate everyone doing that. Uh, let me load in uh, Rolando, the Puerto Rican pistolero. He's our he's our guest here tonight. Um, let me see. I think everything's good. Big shout out to Walther Arms. That's what you would see down, right down there. Walther Arms. Oh, it's on my hat too. Bam. <laughs> Right on the hat. <laughs> Shout out to Walther Arms. And then I'm going to do like the Superman Tusk. I feel like I'm flashing people. You know, you guys can't. You guys don't deserve to see the goods. Not right now. Later. Maybe a little bit later if you're all good. All right. So let me smash the open and get into this. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation. All right, guys. Lifestyle make sure you subscribe. Smash those thumbs ups. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. We are live right now. Uh, I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. We are joined by Rolando, the Puerto Rican pistolero. What's up, bro? Hey, how's it going? You're not doing the jazz hands? Or oh, yeah, jazz. Oh, jazz. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Jazz hands. There you go. Jazz hands. <laughs> Let's do the jazz I was like, hands. You don't, you don't do it with No, we got to do one, the jazz hands. Huh? No, no, no. I, I like, try to do, do it, it with one guest. No, 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 no. I try to do the jazz hands. I, I didn't see your jazz hands, by the way. Where's your jazz hands? Oh, yeah, I was doing it. I was doing it. Yeah. This this is this is how jazz thing. hands are supposed to be like this actually. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I feel like we're in in an episode of uh, Fame. <laughs> you ever mm -hmm. saw Fame? Did you grow up looking uh, at Fame? No, no, I didn't. I, I, it's funny because I always uh, I always go with over this with my wife. Mm -hmm. um, she she grew up speaking more Spanish growing mm -hmm. up than I did, mm -hmm. but she grew up in Long Island and was raised there, but. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up all over the place. I lived in oh, Japan okay. and okay. all around. So I watched like foreign shows growing up. So okay. she gives me all these like 80s and early 90s references like Saved by the Bell and all this stuff and yeah. even the 80s movies. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know, but I can tell you about this like Japanese yeah. movie that I watched. You're like Rolando Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, which you wouldn't. You're not gonna get the reference. This is like Ricky Ricardo. That's what I mean. Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, yeah from from Ricky and Lucy. And Lola mm -hmm. is just like that. Lola is just like yeah. that. She doesn't get any of the references. Uh, you know, she was born in Ghana and she grew up there. And when she came to America, she didn't really speak English. Although lots of Ghanaian, West most most countries in West Africa, they speak English. So there's a couple. Mm -hmm. I think there's like one or two countries that speak French and there's even some yeah. countries in Africa that are Spanish speaking and different things. But West African countries like Ghana, Nigeria, etc., you know, they speak English, but Lola didn't really speak it. She came here and kind of like grew up learning, but she doesn't mm -hmm. get any of the references, you know? So it's kind of like, it's how it is. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't born here either, but mm -hmm. I just looked at so much TV and I still do, man, that, you know, it's kind of crazy. So, hey, listen, this is episode 739. Let me not forget that. 739 Ooh. of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Our guest is Rolando, the Puerto Rican pistolero. And obviously we're, he's here. We're, we're talking to him. We're going to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about out there. Let us know if the folks that are out there want to talk about something 
Um, Rolando, I think, you know, we were talking about this before. You don't have any agenda. No. No. No, just to get more people to uh, get into the Second Amendment community and, you know, yeah. kind of show a different side of the Second Amendment community. Yeah. Uh, that's what Joe and I always try to do. Yeah. Um, well, I was no. talking about in regards to the show tonight. Like we don't have. Well, when I say oh, yeah, agenda, yeah, yeah. when I say agenda, yeah. what? Let me let me let me rephrase. I thought it, you were right? asking, uh, trying yeah. to portray, ask the folks like, yeah. or explain to the folks what what's we your do. political motives, Rolando yeah. Puerto Rico Pistolero? Oh. Are you trying yeah. to get us to accept Puerto Rico as the fifty-first state? Is that your? Is that what you're up to? No, they voted for it a, a <laughs> few times, and you know I think they have the right to do it if they vote yeah. for it. But yeah, we it's like anything else. Yeah. I mean, that's like anything else. You know, there are other that's pretty much how most states have come to be, except for the mm -hmm. original 13 colonies. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you follow the rules, you have the right to become a state if the yeah. people in the territory want to be. But uh, it's funny that mm -hmm. uh, this, this is actually funny on a tangent that you mentioned this, mm -hmm. um, that uh, that they were talking, you know, they're talking about like DC statehood and all that stuff and mm -hmm. Puerto Rican statehood, you know, as leverage against the uh, uh, Republicans or revenge or whatever the Democrats want to call mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much they were saying, well, DC, instead of becoming a state because you're complaining that your people are paying federal income tax and you're basically having taxation without representation, what if you became like what Puerto Rico is where they don't pay income tax, mm -hmm. but they're not represented. So it's no taxation, but no representation, because then in a way it would still be better for the people in D.C. And they would actually make a lot more money because they wouldn't pay federal income tax. And mm -hmm. then you could just charge like a city income tax of like five or 10 percent or whatever you want to do and keep all of it. Mm -hmm. And that would make more money for D.C. And they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, th that wouldn't work out. And I'm like, I, I think that would be a way better deal than the status quo. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, of course, that's not what they want. They want the voting agenda. Yeah. So. So, uh, you know what? Let me see. So this is a two different things, and I'm not, like, super versed on all of this kind of stuff, but I do keep up with it. Mm -hmm. So, so far as D.C., I, I don't think we should change anything with D.C. Sorry. It should just stay yeah. exactly the way it freaking is. Don't change it. Okay? That's, um, it's, it's pretty much at this point. It's an American tradition. This is how it is. Now, mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, I'm going to look at a little bit differently. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think, so... I'm I'm of like two minds on the whole the whole situation before everyone out there, you know, let me just let you guys know what my thing is. So, if it was me, if I was people in Puerto Rico, I would I would, you know, I I, would under, I understand why they want to become a state or, you know, all those kinds of things. The one thing I wouldn't do is go for my own sovereignty and try to become separate from America. Oh no! That's the foolish. end. That's the end. Mm -hmm. Now, now on the flip side of that, if if Puerto Rico goes to become a state, who absorbs all the debt? Well, you know, we already have a bunch of states out there that want us to absorb the debt that they've incurred. Oh yeah, California. And I don't think we should, yeah, California, yeah. New York, but there's a bunch of states. Connecticut is probably not far behind all of that. So. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for these states that have been that have been mishandled by liberals and you know all the craziness that's gone on in these states. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to bail those people out. But yeah. I would not. If it was me and I was in Puerto Rico, I would want to remain part of America 
And maybe the best deal is the one that they have, maybe not. But that's not for me, right? You, The way I look at it, you have a better uh, picture of that than I do. But I compare mm-hmm. it to, to what happened to my parents. Um, I was born in the early 70s. And probably about four or five years before I was born, my parents were, they were born British citizens. Yeah. Okay. Because Guyana was uh, a subject of the crown. So they, they were born British citizens um, and they enjoyed everything that went along with that. But a few years before I was born, you know, the British, basically the, the, um, the, uh, you know, the empire, the British empire acquired all this wealth from around the world and then decided, you know what? We don't want to freaking manage all these countries <laughs> mm-hmm. and we don't want all these people coming to our country and doing whatever. And we've got to protect them. And if someone goes to war against this, country, they're like, you know what? Let's just keep the wealth, but but get out of it and convince the people to go for their own sovereignty. And my yeah. dad always told me that he was 100 percent against that. He was like, we should never. We should never claim our own sovereignty. We're gonna be we're, we're gonna be in big trouble. But at the end, everyone voted and they did it. Now I'm just gonna fast forward so this is not a super long story for everyone. We were living in England and my father got his a master's degree there in England from Brunel, which is like prestigious and all that kind of stuff in engineering. And he wanted to stay in England. He wanted us to stay. And they were like, no, you can get the hell out. <laughs> you have to leave. My sister was born there, so they said we'll put your daughter in an orphanage because she's a British citizen, but the rest of you have to get out of of England. This is what they said to my parents that were born British citizens and remained that until just before they had their children. So they were adults and they were still British citizens. And then they came to England and did the right thing. They were working, they were getting educated and England was like, get the hell out. So that that whole experience kind of like formulates my opinion on this mm-hmm. and and this is how i see it and i know it looks like it's from two sides my point right now i don't want to pay for the debt that other states have incurred but if i was in puerto rico i i would not separate from america and i would and if people want to go in the direction of becoming a state i get it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think right now the independence movement is a pretty minority movement at this mm-hmm. point, because I think people understand that it wouldn't mm-hmm. it would be difficult for Puerto Rico. Yeah, I bet that I, I personally think now. The yeah, US Flying Rich is saying some stuff there. Um, yeah. I say give PR back to Spain. Uh, <laughs> Night Train says I say give PR back to Cuba. What? <laughs> yeah, well, OK, but uh, <laughs> but. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a few different things with Puerto Rico. Well, I think first the mm-hmm. U.S. I don't think should allow it because I think strategically mm-hmm. the Chinese would try to do something with that or or if, you if know Puerto Rico separated that. became so yeah I think they would try to buy it as you know land that's what they're doing all over the world right now they're doing mm-hmm. like neo colonialism and I think that would be strategically pretty a, a huge coup for them to do that but I think the U.S. wouldn't allow it mm-hmm. um, it would be like a Taiwan kind of thing it'd be pretty crazy but um. Plus, right now, it just wouldn't benefit them at all. Really, right now, it's just, do you want to remain the status quo, uh, which is a commonwealth, and pretty much you don't pay federal income taxes. You pay taxes, obviously, to the commonwealth government, Mm -hmm. uh, and they stay in Puerto Rico. But you also, you do pay for full Medicare and Medicaid benefits, but you only get 50% of that. So that's Mm -hmm. that's one problem where you you don't get what you pay for. In that respect, I think it would be fair to change that because if you're paying for it, you should get the same benefits as everybody mm-hmm. else. 
But if they want to stay in the other arrangement, I mean, maybe that's the price. Uh, the other price is obviously they don't have representation in Congress mm-hmm. uh, and they don't we can't vote in presidential elections if you're in Puerto Rico and you don't have residency in another state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so that's pretty much how that works right now. Uh, yeah. And there's a few other technical issues that mm-hmm. that affect it that are pretty stupid, like after Hurricane Maria, because Puerto Rico is not a part of it's not considered a state. Mm-hmm. Uh, it falls under the jurisdiction. Well, actually, it, it it's in the Caribbean, but it falls mm-hmm. under the jurisdiction of like mainland command mm-hmm. instead of southern command, which com- which commands all the uh, the Caribbean military forces. Mm-hmm. So during Maria, you had kind of like split jurisdiction over the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico, and it mm-hmm. made no sense because you know they were right next to each other. Right. And so that kind of messed up how aid was. So there are just some logistical things that are issues. It also suffers from the same issue that Alaska and Hawaii suffer from, which is the Jones Act, which is pretty much one of the most stupid uh, uh, restrictions or whatever regulations, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, that you've got, which pretty much you uh, those states or territories can't directly import oil or other natural resources to them. They basically have to go to the mainland U.S. and then get shipped back out to them instead of going directly to them. So that leads to extremely high energy prices on oil and natural gas and all that stuff. I think that if you flipped that around and you maintain the status quo, it would help Puerto Rico a lot because a lot of their expenses with energy would be reduced and electricity yeah. is a huge expense on the island. Yeah. So, but that's getting really inside baseball. Yeah, and, and you know stuff. what? It's not 100% negative if we get Puerto Rico as a state. I mean, you know, and, and it's, people it's a beautiful place with beautiful yeah. people. The, the thing, here's what we should do. Here's what we should do that's even outside of the, the Puerto Rico as a state question, right? When states miss, when, when states elect officials that mismanage the state, okay, and the state goes down the drain, the other states in the union should be compensated if they have to bail those states out. So in other words, we should maybe own the, some, some of that. You yeah, know, I mean, if we got to bail them out, we should own them, right? If Florida has to bail out the rest of the country because the rest of the country went into a stupid lockdown over a flu, regardless of mm-hmm. how virulent it is or whatever, if the rest of the country went into that and then Florida kept going and Florida is doing well and other states are doing well, and let's say New York and California did the opposite and they're, and get, they're getting flushed down the, the, the drain, if we all get together and bail them out. And when I say we, it's the people of America who pay the taxes, not even the state, right? Yeah. We should have we should have ownership over something mm-hmm. of that. We should we should take over some of that state. There should be a penalty. Like if we're family, if me and you if 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 you and I we become family, you know, like back in the hippie days, people lived in communes or whatever. Yeah. Is it fair for me to just to just chill out in the commune and I don't offer anything? No. I'm not growing anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not making anything. I'm just walking around banging the chicks. That's not right. You're going to mm-hmm. say, no, we don't want this dude up in here, right? Of course. <laughs> you know? So I think, I don't know. That's, like, it, it, it has to be equitable. And if we do it, we have to figure out how to do it equitably. I think there's folks trying to make this kind of stuff happen because they feel like, oh, all Puerto Ricans are going to be liberal. I, I don't I don't really think so. I don't think so. It's it's weird. I think it's because New Yorkans kind of have their own reputation and they're tied <laughs> with New York a lot and so the New York political machine. But not even all but all not even not even everyone. I mean, I grew up in New York. I, I grew up with lots of Puerto Rican people. Mm-hmm. They're not all they're not all No, local. no. 
They're not, but I think no. the political machine is like closely associated with like the New York Democratic machine, and that's yeah. the vocal side. But right. I think, as evidence in Florida, I, mm-hmm. so many Puerto Ricans came to Florida and became residents after Maria, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was going to flip the state blue potentially, but I think it did the opposite. The state became more more red in the last presidential election than before. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of that was from Hispanics. I don't know how much of it was Puerto Ricans, but obviously okay. I think there were like four or 500,000 Puerto Ricans that came to Florida, which is a huge number. That's enough to, you know, cause a percentage to change there. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it didn't, or it was split enough that it wasn't, you know, it's ambiguous yeah. enough that people wouldn't be sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think Puerto Rico might surprise people, but I think Puerto Rico also has a lot of other unique things that they take pride in. Uh, that, well, we take pride in. You get your own Olympic team, which I don't know how that works, but we do. Uh, and, <laughs> Somebody's uh, and paying we, for it. <laughs> yeah, and we have our own like professional, semi-professional basketball league. Right. And so sometimes you'll see a lot of the college players that don't make it to the NBA or D League players play um, in the off season there in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I would um, love to. I would love to be able to chill in Puerto Rico, but everything has to be worked out. Listen, yeah. let, let me do this because I want to. Um, and I, and I'm not trying to change the subject. We could talk about whatever the folks want. No, to. no, no, no. I yeah. know it's a totally it's a totally yeah. different subject than people usually talk. No, about. No, man, we could talk about anything. The people out there need to smash the thumbs ups. Very important. You guys should share this. We got a couple people watching us here. Smash the thumbs up. Show if you hate us. Smash the thumbs down. If you hate what we're talking about, smash the thumbs down. It's all good. If you guys want us to talk about something else, tell us what else you want to talk about. Uh, Jerry Parker. Uh, let me see what Jerry Parker is saying here. He says, love the shirt. Okay, here. I'll show off the shirt. This is my Boog shirt, which uh, you can get from Ballistic Inc. I think they put these back in. Uh, and then, of course, Tusk. we got Tusk here. And um, and I think Richard Hughes was saying that he's a Tusk millionaire, which he actually is. I've been... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I hate him in some Tusk, so he is a Tusk millionaire. I awesome. am I am a, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I got a lot of Tusk. Let's put it that way. I don't mm-hmm. know if I, you know, I don't know if I want to necessarily tell everyone how much Tusk I have. But you got to keep down the DL, but you yeah, can see you're a It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of Tusk. So I, sp- I spread some of that, you know, I made it rain. <laughs> Listen. I'm telling you guys, uh, you know, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Tusk sponsors the the podcast just like Walther does, but the difference is is that Tusk is like writing is giving us Tusk coin to sponsor the podcast, and so we're like we're taking that risk. That could be worth nothing. That could be worth nothing, uh, or it could be worth something. But I really I believe in it because. We're going to need ways to figure out how to... These guys are coming for us. They're going to come for us on all fronts. So yeah. um, one of the... Operation Choke Point is a big thing. That's a big place that they can block off commerce. I know everyone says, oh, I'll just buy stuff. I get it. I live in Florida, and I could benefit from that. So I'm not mm-hmm. super worried. But there's going to be something cool that I want that's in another state, and I'm going to want to buy that thing and have it come into me as an FFL... And I want a way to do that. And I'm fighting for that for everyone else. And so are the Tusk guys. And that's why I talk about it. And I just encourage everyone out there to at least look into it. And this is probably a good time. You could you could buy in. Like, Tusk is worth, like, fractions. And let me see. I could tell you guys right now. Um, I could probably... Let's see. What's the best thing that says... Uh, I'm trying to see if I could figure out exactly what the... T- I could tell you guys right now, though. 
So it's, uh, what's it trading for here? It's 0. .0001614 <laughs> of a dollar. Mm -hmm. So if you go like, if you got three zeros over, it's a fraction. It's not even a penny. It's not a penny. So that's the thing. So th that's why I'm saying, hey, it's probably a good, you know, it's probably a good time um, to get to to look at it. You know, put a hundred bucks, couple hundred bucks in there, um, you know, and, and get into that thing. Scorch Earth, uh, Firearms, Rod Mills. He says, Hank, you are not an elephant. You do not have tusks. Bro, bro. Okay, one. Okay, if my spirit animal is more like a gorilla, do you have a spirit animal, Rolanda? Uh, killer whale, probably. Killer whale. <laughs> yeah, man. Really? Killer whales are badass. They, well, oh, okay. They, they tear okay. apart great white sharks, man. That's pretty okay. awesome. Do you like swimming? Uh, yeah. I used to Love be. I used to swim a lot, big time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm Puerto Rican. Okay. I like going to the beach and all that stuff. All right. I mean, I don't know if that's stereotypical, but I used to be like a, a on the swim team back in school. Cool. When okay. I was when I was growing up. So. Yeah. All right. Not killer whale. Killer whale. I'll go for like gorilla. You know, King yeah. Kong ain't got nothing on me. Mm -hmm. Kind of a thing. So let me just show this off too before uh, before it gets before it gets real dark. Look at that. That is my window. The view out the window. One of the things I love about living in the country is when I look out at my own property, it's like a park out there. I just love it. I know. I, I'm nice. I'm flexing. I, I feel I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. You know, I'm, I'm chilling in my van. I'm doing a lot of flexing. I know someone's going to chastise me for that at some point here. Probably Lola. Probably Lola. Uh, oh, uh, key ASCII says Dodge to the moon. LMF. Oh, Dogecoin. Yes. Yeah. Doge, Doge. Uh, are you, are you in any of the coins? What's up? Uh, I, yeah, I invest in different stuff. I mean, I won't give okay. anybody any like financial advice or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I think if you've got money to spare, it's like mm -hmm. it's like investing in gold and silver. If you mm -hmm. give, if you've got like five hundred thousand bucks that you can throw around, which is, it's difficult for some people, mm -hmm. but for investing, that's not that much. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can throw it into everything. Yeah. Why not? You know. Yeah. Spend and, a little bit of that money. Spend a, yeah, treat it as a long term. Go ahead, yeah, treat it as a long-term investment. Some of them you can speculate, and make quick money, but um, mm -hmm. obviously that's that's a risk. But yeah. it doesn't hurt. But I say you know do all of the above, get physical metals and all that stuff, and mm -hmm. invest in normal things. But obviously the dollar, I don't know how long the dollar is going to be good. There's a reason that Bitcoin is almost oh, sixty thousand. The dollar so. every single day is being devalued. Every oh, single yeah. day. So, every single day. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, inflation is inflation is real, and you could tell. Just like what if you just if you're 20, well, let's see, if you're 40 years old, think back to when you were 20 and, and ask yourself what a thousand dollars could buy when you were 20 years old versus mm -hmm. what a thousand dollars could buy today. Like I remember yeah. I was just telling someone yesterday that I remember when I was 20, I was going to buy um, I think it was like a 1970s, like early 70s Camaro. I was going to buy it for um, $2,000. It was in mint condition. It was black, and, and everything in the engine bay was chrome, every single thing. It was, it was nice. so clean. I was going to buy that for $2,000, right? Now, mm -hmm. today, that would cost me $60,000, $70,000 to get that. 
you know now there's a whole bunch of things that happen time okay they're more valuable they don't make them yep. anymore but you 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 are hard pressed today to find a good car used for two thousand dollars yeah okay you're looking mm -hmm. what's what's a good used car today what are people spending probably around 20 grand i would think nowadays it yeah i was thinking at least 10 25,000 yeah. yeah. i was thinking at well, least well i 10. just think yeah, well, I just think of like the economy cars and how much mm -hmm. they cost now, because that's kind of always the baseline yeah. that I used. It right. used to be able to get like a Nissan Versa for like what, like nine thousand nine hundred dollars or something. I remember they had those mm -hmm. super cheap ones in like two thousand nine or ten, mm -hmm. and now it's like you can't find a car like that. They're like sixteen, no. seventeen thousand dollars. So that's already like fifty percent more. Yeah, it's in that every, respect. Every, everything, and everything. Forget changed. SUVs or trucks. Like you used to be able to get a small pickup truck in like for twenty grand. Now like mm -hmm. a Ranger and all that stuff with barely anything on it, it's like thirty thousand yeah. well, minimum. It's, and it's just for the gun guys who are gonna chastise us, right? Mm -hmm. AK, AK, AK forty seven. Oh man. Every yeah. gun guy, especially those old gun guy dudes, right? No, I'm I'll never buy an AK. I remember I used to be able to buy those for seventy five bucks. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's really everyone tells me like Walter's like, that's not really true. But let's say it was true that you could buy an AK completely built for 75 bucks. What is an AK running you today? AK-47. Oh, it depends. If, if it's a decent one more than a grand, I've, I've seen them, you know. Yeah. Inflation. Yep. You know, this is the thing. There's not there's not less guns in the world today. Like, let's say we were, we were talking about Camaros, right? There's not less <laughs> of those. Of those 70s ones out there there's not less there's more guns mm -hmm. but they cost more so inflation is like a real thing that everyone needs to worry about and every day that's that's happening to us so um when it comes to when it comes to money i think you know you got to work i believe in that you got to yep. work right so now i don't like working for other people <laughs> So I believe in like working for myself, which means you, you still have to work with other people. But of course. You, you know, you set your own hours, but you work all the time if you're awake, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, so I work. I believe in working, but you have to have like things that you invest in. You know, um, people invest in the stock market or they, you know, I don't know, 401ks. Mm -hmm. You can invest in real estate. Uh, I, I do a lot of investing in um intellectual property that's what all of this is mm -hmm. right this to me is my investment in intellectual property uh, i create videos and 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 all that kind of stuff um i don't i use, i was going to do the stock are you on any kind of like stock market stuff just I did it before just, uh, not really not yeah. very much just you know regular retirement stuff and things yeah. like that so i did the stock market thing before like day trading kind of stuff mm -hmm. Um, for a little while, for I had like a little brief uh, thing with that, and um, to me, this is my version of that. And then because I'm looking, because I think if you're gonna if you're gonna trade in stocks on that level, where it's not like a 401k or mutual fund kind of thing, then you need to know about what you're trading about. So I'm in the mm -hmm. gun world, and I so you know because it's buy low, sell high, right? So because I'm looking at the gun world, I feel like I could see where okay this these are good deals or i'm learning you know i've mm -hmm. i've i've like been bamboozled 
of course buying, buying gun stuff but i'm learning so i can see things like ooh, this would be cool i'm gonna collect this or invest in this i buy this if i see it cheap and then i sell it i have an ffl and all that sot so you know um th there's that so now you always here's the big thing though in the long term when it comes to risk you know in the long term you can take big risks and that's why i'm just bringing that back around to like cryptos you know, or even for the guys out there who, because I, I have friends who will day trade, they'll have like a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks. And instead of buying sneakers with it or something, they're like, OK, I'm going to take this thousand dollars and I'm going to day trade. Even my uh, my sons, I think their friends are doing that, too, that, you know, they got a thousand bucks here instead of spending it on whatever you would spend a thousand bucks on. You know, you can day trade with that. Like, oh, I like this stock. I think this is cool, you know. And they and they get into those things. And these are risks you could take. If you lose everything, it's a thousand bucks. I've lost money. Mm -hmm. I've lent a thousand bucks to friends that never paid me back. Right? You got you got to get over that. But you can do well. You do well. You you know you buy into something when it's like pennies or a dollar or something, and it goes up to five bucks or ten bucks. You get out. You know, it's just that yep. kind of thing. But these, you look at it as like long-term investments in your life. So as you, when you get older, you know, people will be like, oh, how come this guy always has nice stuff and doing things? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> you always worked hard. You yep. always made investments and stuff, and you had your long, your long-term things that you invested in. So that you know. Yep. Yeah. Well, and uh, like Appalachian Gunrunner brings up uh, the cost mm -hmm. of it's hyperinflation. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing, you know, that a lot of people don't look at sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, they're asking for like minimum wage increase and all that stuff. And it's like, well, you know, your buying power is going down. So mm -hmm. if the cost of going to McDonald's used to be like five bucks for um, a value meal, now it's mm -hmm. like $9. That's, that's a huge increase. So mm -hmm. you're, even if you're making $15 an hour versus like 10 or 12, are you outpacing that increase in price? No, uh, you're not. So you might, you know, dollars wise, the number is larger that you're making, but that uh, that number is worth a lot less. Mm -hmm. So and that's a big problem that people don't uh, pay attention to. So it's really like I'd rather make, you know, $100,000 a year, but then be able to buy a yacht with mm -hmm. like, you know, with it. <coughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's. You know, obviously that's that's a crazy example, but you know what I mean. I'd rather yeah. that that hundred thousand dollars go further than to have a bigger number. So it's like, well, it's a million bucks, but I pay twenty thousand dollars in rent a month for yeah. like a two bedroom apartment. That would be absurd, but that's the direction that would go. And that's what you see in a lot of these countries, like in Zimbabwe, where their you know their dollar became worthless and it was like millions of dollars to buy food. Yeah. So. Well, so so in San Francisco, there are apartments like little tiny oh, studio yeah. apartments that are two thousand mm -hmm. dollars. They are not worth that. No, but they're charging that. And even the people who work there. So this is where inflation comes in. You know, it's right. part of the equation. Even the people working there cannot afford to pay two thousand dollars to to rent the studio apartment. And so there were a lot of people in, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, that are buying RVs and stuff like that and just living in it because it's way more affordable and you have more room and everything than, you know, you're paying $2,000 a month for a studio apartment? I mean, jeez. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, you know, that's also complicated by, mm -hmm. 
you know, there's always like building regulations that they don't want to mess the aesthetic of San Francisco up. So you can't build buildings of a certain size. Minimum so wage. it's like, yeah, so that they don't <laughs> even allow them to basically expand right. the amount of land. So it keeps it at this. Ex uh, it's like a built in exclusivity. Mm -hmm. And so you get, you know, uh, I, you know, I hate to use the word gentrification, but there's no way that you don't. It's it's an artificial. It's the government interfering artificially, so the market has no way to give it up. So you get artificially artificially inflated prices because you don't even have, you know, you can't build out. You can't build anything larger for any income level. So pretty much that means you're you have a finite amount of resources and people have demand for it because it's an exclusive area, mm -hmm. and then it skyrockets. But then eventually you end up with a shortage of you know unskilled workers or people that do, you know, normal tasks like work retail, work salons, things like that, uh, you know, jobs that aren't high paying and they have to live further and further away, which makes it impossible because then they have to pay for gas or if they can't afford a car, public transportation doesn't go out that far. So then they're hosed and they have mm -hmm. to work like three jobs. So that's a problem caused by regulation. <laughs> and, and it's a problem that like, you know, people that on the left. It's would cyclical about, destruction, man. Yeah, but it's, it's not like, gonna end well, it's because well. you're you're restricting you're restricting people's means to do things, so you're gonna create other other yeah. consequences that you may yeah. not have foreseen. Yeah, and so one of the things that comes out of that is that um, you know, if you look at what's happening right now in New York, for example, with the COVID, you know, everyone's staying home, then their job has to pay them, they can't get evicted. You know, the yep. government's giving them money, right? Uh, what do people do with that money? Lots of people just stay in the apartment, um, you know, for, I guess there's people who've been staying in apartments without paying rent for a year, six months, yeah. you know, nine months, whatever. And then they get the hell out of New York City. There's, there's some, there's some quite, probably quite a lot of people who stay in New York and just go somewhere else or whatever, right? But there's yep. a lot of people that are just leaving because they take that money to them that they're getting in New York and go somewhere else and try to find a better life. And I remember when I lived in New York, there would be people who were on welfare in New York and they would take that money and go to California. And I was like, what, what are you, why are you going to California? And all of this is allowed to happen. Well, because my money that I'm getting here in New York City is going to buy me more in California. So they went to California. Well... Fast forward 30 years later, that's not true anymore. And a lot of those people who are probably still on that dole are like, oh, maybe I'll just take this money and go to Florida. <laughs> and mm -hmm. all of this is just bouncing around. Um, and it's one of the things creating the, the problems that we have, I think, overall in society, because not everyone is out there really going, OK, I'm going to work hard. And either um, you don't have to you don't have to work like for yourself like i do right you can work mm -hmm. hard for someone else's business and do pretty damn well probably do better than someone like myself who's working for themselves you know yeah, it, dep it depends on what you're doing yeah you know, yeah but. but you could but but we used to be we used to be more like that but mm -hmm. but this kind of system that's been around even before you and i the further this goes in time, the more destructive it is because everyone's playing this game, you know, and we were talking about it yesterday. Um, let me see. OK, born to be a shooter, Josh says, I'm trying to figure out what to do with my savings, because like you said, matter of time for the dollar to drop off. I don't know if you have ideas you, you know, or the people out there have ideas you can give born to be a shooter. Josh. I think you have to diversify. I think 
if possible, the best thing you can do is to move to areas where you can own land and live around people that have the same mm -hmm. attitude and ethic yep. that you do. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be more important than anything, because if you can live in kind of a community that can sustain itself, at least socially at first, because mm -hmm. then you can worry about resources later. Obviously, mm -hmm. ideal, you can find a place where you've got like natural resources plus people that you can hang out with, but that may or may not be possible. And you may not, you know, depending on your situation, but that helps because if everything does collapse and it goes to like a system of barter, at least you're with people that you can trust that you can work together yeah. with. If you're in a place so, that you could do it, like the country, yeah. for example. Yeah, but um, if you're in the suburbs and in the city, it's a lot more difficult to do that. You're you're probably going to get hosed. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's be honest, because even things of value are going to be worthless if you can't eat anything. You know, yeah. who's going to care about uh, that? That's that's always a valid argument when people talk about even mm -hmm. like physical precious metals. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, if everything collapses and you're dealing with different issues, let's say you don't have Internet or anything like that, you can't mm -hmm. use crypto in that case. Mm -hmm. And then even gold, it's very heavy. And somebody's not going to care if you give them a hunk of metal that they can't eat if they're starving. You know, it's not mm -hmm. going to mean anything to them. Yeah. Uh, so it, there, it, it's good to diversify, but also invest in things like guns, invest in supplies. Uh, that's probably even more important in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. uh, you know, have emergency food. Um, so I think having a portion of all of those things is important. And, you know, living in Florida, we kind of take that to heart. And, you know, me being from Puerto Rico, too, we deal with hurricanes all the time. Mm -hmm. So having supplies and ways to survive and be self-sufficient when you can't use money, because if there's no power or if everything's flooded, if you had physical cash, it's possible that your cash got destroyed. Mm -hmm. And if there's no power, credit card machines don't work. That happens a lot mm -hmm. uh, after a hurricane. So you need ways to barter or survive and, and you need supplies. And that's more important than anything else. If, you, if you're thinking that's going to get that bad, if, if, if it gets if that bad. That. Yeah, if, if, if you think it's going to get bad enough that you – that cash isn't going to help you, then maybe having those other things is more valuable, or at least having a percentage of them. Yeah. When I came to America in the 80s, and specifically in New York, right, I don't know, it was probably maybe worse, I think, for people outside of big cities, but yeah. it was pretty bad in America in, in, mm -hmm. in, those, in the 80s. Um, you know, I think we go through this kind of stuff. So the way I see it, I don't think America's going down the drain. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think it's the end in America. No, right? I, I think I think it's going to be a change that people are not going to like, but uh, yeah. it's not going to be e even Rome didn't go into total destruction. It takes decades for for things like that to happen. Yeah. Uh, un unless it goes to like some crazy scenario, like there's a nuclear war and the world ends. But that, besides right. that, yeah. that's not yeah. going to happen. You know, yeah, I think it's it's less likely we're still we're still big in the world. So mm -hmm. it's less likely America is not that unstable. If you're looking if now there's stuff going on in Russia or other parts of the world. But if you're looking at other parts of the world and everything isn't going crazy and you look out your window <laughs> and it's not mm -hmm. crazy out there, it's not going to be the end. What's going to happen is lots of things are going to fall apart because people are insisting and in living a certain way. So yeah. so how do you benefit out of that? Very easy. You stop. You 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 know, if. Don't start buying stuff that's not, you know, that's going to to uh, eat you. So the, what I'm yeah. what I mean by that is if you start getting into a lot of debt, knowing that things are going to go bad, you're going to be in big trouble, right? Mm -hmm. But if you start going, okay, listen, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make sure I can handle my bills no matter what happens here, 
Yep. If my wife loses her job, I could still handle the bills. If we both lose our job, we could still take care of things and do everything. You start cutting back if you really believe things are going to go down. This is the whole mm -hmm. idea of buy low, sell high. If you believe yep. that everything is going to go down, don't don't buy much. <laughs> you know, um, unless you're like, oh, I'm going to like land. We just spoke about those kinds of things. Can you can, you know, always have some kind of value, but you don't want to buy them when they're high. So the thing you want to do yep. is pull back, build up your reserves, build up your cash or whatever it is, however you want to do that. So that when everything goes down and everything crashes, you're in a position to to get in there and start buying things so now to bring that back to re to relative to the gun world for the folks who are listening to us like american freedom outdoor says i want to talk about guns more specifically the ruger pc charger okay that's from american outdoors we'll try to get to the pc charger here mm -hmm. in a second just remind me but the the, the what's going to happen is so for example right now there's not very many guns out there and there's not a lot of ammo right yeah okay so if everything gets if everything keeps getting crazy like it is right now so if you're looking at the news they're saying with when when these shootings happen when the when the politicians start talking about gun control all these things go up in price of course okay so if you're a guy who already uh, bought these things and you have a good stash now you think you don't get rid of everything but this is a good time you might sell some things and build up some kind of a of a nest egg or whatever but just yeah. bear in mind that we're saying the dollar's going down mm -hmm. okay but if you build that up here's what's going to happen when when all of this economy starts crashing around us people are going to switch back the way that they're voting the pendulum is going to swing again and people mm -hmm. are going to go, oh, no, we don't want all these liberals that are just giving like saying, oh, stay home. You know, we'll give you money. They're going to go the opposite direction because they're going to have to. Yeah. OK. And when they have to do that, then and, and a lot of these laws, you know, um, either never went in or start getting repealed or, or, or torn down or whatever it is. You, you're going to see that now all of a sudden there's going to be, in the in the case of guns, oh, now there's a ton of guns. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, I'm not saying this is how the world is going to go. It's possible that America is trying to, or people are trying to push us in a direction where it's like, no, we're coming for the guns. But I'm, I really, really, right now, don't, see, I don't, I'm not trying to say that they're not coming for the guns. They are coming for the guns. But I don't really feel they're actually going to get there. No, I think I, I think I have a lot more confidence because, you know, I've been on your show a ton of times. And that was mm -hmm. a lot more negative mm -hmm. before the election. And I think what's built up my confidence is that I think we're finally seeing some Republican governors, especially like DeSantis, mm -hmm. really grow a pair. And they're really standing strong. Like we saw the mm -hmm. vaccine passport thing got shut down this mm -hmm. week. And I think it really started with DeSantis basically saying he's like, absolutely not. I'm going to make it illegal for mm -hmm. companies here to do that crap. Yeah. And he's like, that's a slippery slope. He's like, that's like the fox guarding the hen house. Yeah. You know, we can't allow that. That's going to lead to, you know, civil liberties being uh, stripped later on. Yeah. And that's, so that's yeah, I mean, he's saying all the right things. But, it is. But that's what uh, yeah. separates america from other countries when i say yeah. look at other countries you know america is not um australia or new zealand or england in of that there's lots of different states right mm 
So what's going to happen here is the people who believe this nonsense in those states who believe this, they're going to keep going in their stupid, destructive direction. Mm -hmm. But there's other states like Florida, Texas, you know, I hope I don't know exactly how everyone's going to go. Right. But there's other places where people are going to go. No, we are not having any of that. Yeah. So this is what creates the problem here, because people in America can move. Yep. You know, they can move around. And so the places that do that do these bad things are just going to see a lot of business and innovation and money and stuff like that. Just move out of those states, you know, and people are going to go to the states that are doing well. But the, mm-hmm. this is like I know this conversation might seem cyclical to people, but this is where it comes back to in America. Like, how do we deal with this? Do the good states who do the right thing and, you know, don't destroy their economies have to pay off for the other states? And in my opinion, they should own those other states if they have to pay them off. Florida should get bigger if we've got to, you know, if we've got to bail out other states or whatever, we should get bigger territory. You know, there should be another part of Florida on the West Coast that used to be called California. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't know whether or not that's going to happen. But what I think is that the pendulum is going to swing back. And when people get out of this stupidness and realize like, oh, this is a big, massive mistake. And we had enough of this fad of of thinking we can go this direction. Things will get better and you could do something about it. Now, if it doesn't go that way and you still held on to things or whatever, and we're in a we're in a zombie apocalypse, then. You, you know, if you survive, you're the big man. <laughs> yep. Well, and, yeah. and you know, I've heard that that's, you know, and after the Soviet Union, like, kind of broke apart mm-hmm. since the state owned basically everything because they were a communist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, communist country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had all these factories that obviously the government used to own that now it's like, well, the government's gone. They're not they're they're not communist anymore. Uh, and so people with guns basically showed up and, you know, the workers there were so used to basically whoever's in charge, we just listened to them mm-hmm. that people with guns showed up and they're like, we're in charge now. And that's how the oligarchs basically came to be too. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see. And the see, people with guns were who? Like the military dudes? I think they were just people that were originally gangsters or criminals that always like ran the underground or black market underneath mm-hmm. that hid from that. But they, obviously they had the skills to run organizations yeah. you know uh, in the black market you got to know how to do stuff yeah so i, I don't know if we're gonna get that bad I've, i don't know if we're gonna get that bad in america i don't know do you, no I, yeah. I think i think there's a lot of strange things that are happening right now i think that even though what happened with covid mm-hmm. and obviously everything associated with you know the election that led one way mm-hmm. i think that the media pushed extremely extremely hard and that contributed into a large effect of what what happened with uh with the election and it influenced a lot of people people were at home they got to see the news all the time and it was gloom and doom you had the riots you had a lot of other negative things happening uh and people just got saturated and tired and uh now I think they're starting to wake up because it wasn't what they expected. Now they can't blame Trump for everything mm-hmm. uh, and, and things are unraveling and they're seeing a lot of hypocrisy from their own, you know, you know, people and that voted for Biden are seeing the hypocrisy. No, and it, things are getting worse. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, you can see what's going on in the border and, and the disaster that is. You can see how they're pushing everything to be about race. Yeah. What happened there? starting to break yeah you, you broke up there you still for a have second. that extreme vocal that. minority that's very crazy are you there oh yeah you yeah, broke no, no. up yeah you, you froze for a ex- second yeah yeah 
I think Joe is like trying to up. Are you still? Oh, you froze again. All right. Are you guys? Oh, yeah. There you go. I don't know if something's. Can, I can hear you, but I can't see you. You're frozen. Okay. Uh, I don't think anything is going wrong here. Yeah. Let me see. Um. Yeah. If you guys can hear us, if we're still feeding out to the people, I believe that we are. You know? Let me see. I think so. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. If you guys can see us out there, put something in the chat. Otherwise, you know, there may be some mm -hmm. uh, issue uh, going on with things. But I haven't seen I haven't seen anything from my end. Actually, I'm not seeing the chat either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jade Gru says we're still alive. There you go. Thank you, Jade. Appreciate that. You were probably a couple seconds behind. So your picture is frozen, though. Okay. Uh, if you want me to try to reconnect real quick. Yeah, you can. can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Try that. All right. Yeah. Give me a sec. So basically, let's see. We'll go. We'll go to me. Just, just old me. And it's getting darker outside right now. You know. Uh, Kathleen Music Lover says this has nothing to do with race. You know what I've seen? Um, you know what I've seen? A lot. No one wants to work anymore. That's the big, the big thing that we have going on right now. Okay. Let's see if we got Rolando back here. Boom, I think he's coming back. Can you, are you, there you go. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, that? Yeah. Does that seem good? Yep, you're good. Shout out to Gizagari out there. You know what? Uh, what happened? Okay. Yeah. So, you know what I've seen? Um, no one wants to work. That's the big thing that I've seen. It's getting worse. Like, more and more people, more and more businesses, like, no one, no one wants to work. Everyone's cashing in. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the most dangerous thing right now to America. Well, and I think we have a combination. I think mm -hmm. what makes things so difficult to predict right now is that you don't have I think in the past it's it's like a soft totalitarianism that we're mm -hmm. going through. Mm -hmm. So things are so good and technology is so great that uh, over the past year, I think it's both shown how some people are sheep mm -hmm. and we all get upset about it. But at the same time, it's like. In the past, think about if you didn't have TV or internet and that you were forced to stay home, you would just go absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you couldn't go buy food, you'd mm -hmm. go you'd go crazy. There'd be a revolution in like a week. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about that. Uh, if if they tried something like that even a few decades ago, mm -hmm. but nowadays it's we've shown that you can work from home remotely. You can order your food. You can play video games. Mm -hmm. You can do you can produce shows like this. You um uh, you can do all that stuff. So it's almost mm -hmm. like man. Uh, there are a lot of people that are very comfortable living this way now. Mm -hmm. And there are other people who are okay with it. Uh, and then there are just some people that, it, you know, things in the last year didn't even change. So I think part of what's going on in the United States, and I had this discussion with actually my father um, a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. because we kind of started talking. It's like, why haven't people like gone crazier? And we started talking about things like that. And I said, well, I think part of the problem is the people who would do something live in states that even even though even Florida locked down for a bit. So that's why I give DeSantis like a B plus. Because yeah, but it's not. Was it really? Yeah, B+. was it really a lockdown? I never felt like lockdown. No, I, no, the, no. The but, worst but, thing is that there was, there's stores that are like, oh, you got to wear a mask. Yeah. That's no, no, but I think uh, the worst we still we Florida. still lost a decent amount of businesses, mm -hmm. so it wasn't mm -hmm. perfect because some states didn't close at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So I would say that that was ideal. So you know, I give them like a B plus or A minus mm -hmm. versus a state that if they didn't close, I give them an A. But uh, but you know, it's better than most places, and for some people, it was acceptable, especially in the beginning when we didn't know what was going on. So that's mm -hmm. fair. Okay, fair enough. 
mm-hmm. if that's where you want to go down. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, we've been open here in Florida, so it's pretty much like we have it good. So why would we start a battle on other states' behalves if they don't want to do it? It's kind of mm-hmm. like what you said about paying off the debt. I don't want to pay off California's debt. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, it's like, do I want to fight California's oppression if Californians don't want to fight for themselves? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you we think about, well, do we care about the union or not? Mm-hmm. And was it ever really made to care about the union or is that something that developed later on or after the Civil War because we were traumatized by obviously how horrible that was? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what I, I don't know. Uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult to figure that out. Do you have loyalty to your state? Do you have loyalty to, to America? Obviously, we all say that we love America. But when we start getting down to it, it's like, well, if we're not willing to help other states, then do you really care about the entire country if if because if other states fail eventually it's going to have consequences for us so it's difficult to look at that i don't know the right answer i'm more of on your on your end that i i if florida is going to do the right thing then you know screw you and your other states that's your problem yeah and we're a republican it's kind of set up to be it was originally set up to be that way mm-hmm. so the problem is that we've kind of perverted the system over the decades we've given the feds a lot more power and so some states have given away so much of their power to the federal government that they can't stand alone. Yeah. Um, so that's a, it's a good I think it's a good question that you brought up. By the way, shout out to the crazy Scotsman. I see him. He's out there uh, as well as a whole bunch of other people. Shout out to everyone out there. Smash the thumbs ups, OK, guys, uh, and help us out here uh, with the algorithm. I think it's a good question. Where does your loyalty go to? Right. Yeah. And where does it go first? Like, so for me, my loyalty first and most immediately goes to Lola and my and my yeah, family, my boys. Mm-hmm. So that's how I think, you know, and then obviously my loyalty spreads out from there and goes to, you know, uh, family members that are down from that because I put Lola and my boys in my top family. <laughs> of course, I, I do have other family members like I've got siblings, but no one's above Lola and the boys to me, right? And then mm-hmm. everyone, it goes down like a pyramid from there. And I think yep. most people are like that because it goes out to your friends and then it goes out to your communities that you feel that you're in and your neighbors and all of this kind of stuff. And that's where it goes out. And I think that, um, I don't know, is that the same thing with you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, I, I think it goes without saying. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people used to say, like, what, God, family, country, in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's the way the saying yeah, goes. Yeah, I mean, and, and God, religion life. is our discipline, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the greater outside of us that, mm-hmm. we, looked, that we look to for, for how we should deal with the world, right? Yeah. And what is righteous and what is not righteous, right? Every yeah, man has to have a compass. Yeah, your moral code and everything. Yes, your moral code, all of that kind of stuff. And that's, but that's inside of you, which probably I missed out in that equation. Because on the top of that pyramid has to be you. Like for me, I can't put Lola and the boys above everything if they're corrupt, right? As Mm -hmm. As a man, as the father, the husband, the head of the family. I have to make sure that I'm always doing the right thing. It it, it happened today. Like my kids, my boys are mad at me because I was like, uh, you know, I don't know if Lola doesn't even know about this yet, but I told him, uh, you people have no, you have no choice but to get jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had that that's conversation. That's what my parents today. did to me. Yeah, we had that conversation today and people weren't happy with me. But that's my, that's my job as a man, as a father, as a husband. And if I don't have a good moral compass for that. Right. If I don't have a good guide or some kind of structure or discipline to say, 
okay, come on, uh, you know, what's what's happening here? Well, that's and, always yeah. important. Yeah, Go that, ahead. that's what my parents did with me when I was like 18. They were like, mm-hmm. well, uh, we're, we're going to help you get a car. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. They're like, mm-hmm. you got to go get a job. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, OK. And then it's like you're going to use the job to pay for the car. But we're going to co-sign with you so you'll get a good interest rate. And it's like, oh, well, OK, that mm-hmm. I see what you guys did there. Yeah. So <laughs> you're going to you're going to make the ability for me to buy a car at 18 years old easier mm-hmm. by co-signing with me. But I'm responsible for it. But, yeah. you know, it was cool. And I, obviously I appreciate it. It was awesome. Yeah. I've been working ever since. So. Yeah. So I think like with my kids, they're both in college and I've been going easy on them because they're in college and they're good kids. You know, they don't mm-hmm. get into a lot of trouble and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just this whole idea that we're talking about that there's all these jobs that can't find people or hire people mm-hmm. and they need money for stuff. And I'm paying for things and I'm like, OK, I can't pay for everything. Yeah. Plus, you know, <laughs> you know, you guys got to pay for some of your stuff. Yeah. And, but look, it's like everybody else too. When you get, Mm -hmm. especially if you still have the benefit that your Mm -hmm. parents can help you out or they give you a place to live. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when you get your first job, you, you have a lot of that money to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. or like usually like half of it. I don't know, unless people are really like blowing it on stuff, Mm -hmm. but you got like your first job, you're making like what, I guess nowadays it would be like 10, 15 bucks an hour, depending on what your first job is. I guess is. these days, yeah. Yeah, these days. I, yeah. When I worked, it was like seven twenty-five. Um, you know, when yeah. I was working. I know Florida has a set thing, but I don't know. It depends yeah. on where it is. But a lot of companies yeah. now, they pay more just by default because they know the mm-hmm. government, I guess, to like keep the government from raising it themselves, they've just increased their wage. But, what, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. If a company wants to do that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we believe in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, you probably make like what, uh, 800 bucks if you work like part-time, maybe every couple of weeks, I don't know, like 20 hours a week, if it's your first job, 25 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times what, you know, you're a kid, you're going to buy like an Xbox or a PS five or something like that. That's like 500 bucks, but that feels awesome to you. Yeah. Or if it depends where you're at, older. right? Because a college yeah. student is limited how much money that they can make. Yeah. Before they get smacked upside the head with taxes and stuff like that, yeah, you know. Of and in the case of my kids, the the major things like when I was, my kids are twenty one, so one's going to be twenty two and the other one's going to be twenty one, yeah. This year, so I'm sorry, but when I was eighteen years old, I was paying my rent, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was paying everything, you know. So right now they've got a place to live, food to eat, clothes to go on their back. They got phones. Yeah. You know, uh, cars, all that kind of stuff. You know, my insurance is is up because I got 20, you know, 21 to 22 year old driving around and stuff like that. Of course. So it, to me, it's not but it's not as desperate as it was when I was 20 years old. By the time I was 20, man, like, I mean, everything I pay for, I, I lived on my own from when I was 18. So mm-hmm. if anything, people lived with me and I had to take care of other people. And and so I think it's kind of like messed me up in that now that I've got my kids, I'm taking care of them and I'm too nice to them and they're not doing anything to contribute to that, you know, and that's the thing I was telling them um, that I told them today. I was like, look, I, I don't want this from you. I want you guys to go get jobs and then every week give your mother money. Mm-hmm. That's that's your mission, you know, and, and they were like, well, why, you know, because I guess I, I lecture. I tell you, yeah. you know, anyone who looks and listens to this, you know that I talk too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're mad because <laughs> they're getting lectured. <laughs> and but I'm like, why, feel, why do it, I have to talk to you, though? But, you know, it always feels good, though. I mean, right. unless, look, if they get a really bad, crappy job uh-huh. at first, then obviously it's a bad experience. But if it's a job that's like a normal mm-hmm. job, that's not, 
you know, terrible or anything like that. The first time you get paid and you buy something for yourself, that's like, oh, I don't have to ask my parents for like any help or Dude. they have no say in this because I got my own money. Let it's, me tell you, I'm going to show you awesome. pictures right now. So my younger son, my younger son, when this this is how COVID and what people have done, even here in Florida, has messed up a lot of stuff. So mm -hmm. he's in community college. And before COVID, he was going to school, going to the school every day. Yeah. And he was working a couple of nights a week in the library of the school, making money. So he had like two G's saved up. Okay, yeah. and let me see if I can let me see if I can run this in here. Um, let me see if I could do this. Uh, let's see. Here we go. So here's a picture of his room and his his computer that he built. So he built himself a PC with awesomeness and lights and stuff like that mm -hmm. that he's showing off to me. Right? I don't know how much of that. It was like a whole thing for him because he tried to trick me into me buying it. Yeah. And I was like, Nah, I know you got money, bro. <laughs> so I'm not buying that thing for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be the one to pay for it. So he was able to do all of that with the money. But the thing is, so here's my problem. So now you don't have to go to the school. You're doing school from home, and you, all your hustle's gone. And he's mad because he had to spend money. So his money went down in his bank account, his own personal money. You know, and he's. So and he was like, oh, I'm trying to find it. I'm looking for a job. I was like, that's I don't want to even hear that. There's so many jobs out there that they can't even hire people. Mm -hmm. But what they what they need sometimes is a kick in the butt. Yeah. You know, and you need to be the one like, nope, you've that's what made me go live on my own at 18. Yeah. Right. I got that kick in the butt. Um, for me, it was my mom. I was like 18 and my mom tried to like. She was mad at something I did. I think I had a girl over at the house or something. And she was mad about it. And she tried to get the belt. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, this little Indian chick. So she tried to she tried to give me lashes and I grabbed the belt. I was like, yo, lashes are over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And then I realized, like, oh, I got to go. I got to move out, right? This is man yep. business here, you know? Well, so. the way that I always say it and I tell people, it's... It's it's down to literally the subatomic level that mm -hmm. an object at rest tends to stay at rest. Mm -hmm. So even atoms are always looking for the most stable like energy level so that they don't break mm -hmm. apart okay. and the and use the least amount of work. So literally it's down to our atoms that we don't want to do that if we mm -hmm. don't have to. Mm -hmm. So you need something else to influence you to do work. You mm -hmm. know, that happens with atoms and things like that. They interact with each other. So that's that's the analogy that I use. It's like it's literally you need some for outside force to a lot of times push you. So a lot of people True. are self-motivated, thank yeah. God. But even they had a spark or something that at mm -hmm. least made them think. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody didn't force them to do something, but like you, it was like, mm, I don't want to deal with this anymore, or I want to have my own agency, so I'm going to start doing stuff. Even, mm -hmm. you know, that's why there are some cases where you see kids that do have. Uh, parents to give them everything and they're like you know what i actually don't want that i want to do my own stuff mm -hmm. and then they go off on their own and they become successful in their own right without yeah uh relying on their parents or even mentioning it so yeah. you you get different people but we tend to want it once we're comfortable we tend to not want to live leave our comfort zones yeah unless something else influences us so here's my thing to get back to the prep to the question here that i'm wondering Right. Like where does so where does our loyalty stand? And I think the question with like, we got a little sidetracked, but yeah, the thing I is, we're, we're having problems in America. So let's say let's take, for example, the people in California, there's mm -hmm. problems in California. 
everyone could see that, right? The shutdowns, yeah. it, it was just draconian. You know, people are going out of business. They're, you know, just losing everything. There's folks out there, like we saw, obviously, very publicly, Joe Rogan was like, I'm not going to do this. And he wasn't mm -hmm. broke, but he was like, I'm, no. I'm just not, I, I need to work just to, like, have a purpose every day to get up and do stuff. You know, he need, he wants to get on the stage and do this thing that gives him a reason, you know, yep. to live, right? So he moved to, he moved to Texas. Why, why did people do that? And I've done it. I've moved out of state. So like, I moved from, from New York to New Jersey, and then I moved from New Jersey to Florida. Why do people go that route instead of saying, no, nah, we're going to, let's all get together and take over the state or change the politics of what's going on here and fire these guys or whatever? What, what do you think is the reason for that? It's a combination of things. I think it's decades of complacency. So you've you've allowed basically the political machine in those states so thoroughly to because you had it good for so long, they were able to embed themselves in a lot of things that you thought were irrelevant, like the education system. I think we notoriously sometimes on our side, ironically enough, mm -hmm. we believe in taking the government out of things, but mm -hmm. we're very hands off with schools like uh, the conservative movement has been kind of like hypocritical in a lot of ways when you start thinking about it in retrospect, because we were always very like pro police, pro military, pros, uh, pro like respect your teachers and all that stuff. And when you start thinking about it, we're actually very much pro government, even though we believe more in independence and self sufficiency. So it's ironic enough that, and, and that we weren't just pro government. We were pro actually the most powerful parts of government law enforcement. Cause they're the boots on the ground, the military, they have all the, you know, we believe in weaponry. structure. We believe in we structure. Do. Yeah. We believe in yeah. order and structure, but mm -hmm. ultimately it's, it's almost ironic because those things can be used against us. Now, obviously the military is kind of a, the last bastion, but we've seen how that's been the last few weeks that that's called into question now. Yeah. But, um, but, but know, it's it's know, kind of ironic. So because mm -hmm. we respect authority because we believe in those things and respect in the household and things like that, that I think we went into autopilot. And sometimes we take for granted that there are nefarious people that take advantage of, well, if you're not going to come in here and supervise things, then I'm just going to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And and so the irony is we believe in some government authority and structure, but then we also don't want to be a part of the government itself because mm -hmm. we we say that we're against the government. So obviously that means that somebody else is gonna take control of it. Well, um, you know what's weird? You know what's weird? And we've already seen it a little bit and we're gonna see it more. If you look at other countries around the world where they don't have the second amendment as a, as a guarantee to their rights, because I believe mm -hmm. everyone on the face of the planet Every human being has the right to defend themselves. I believe every creature, everything that's alive has the right to defend themselves. The reason why I believe it, because it's facts, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's nature, it's science, it's like undeniable, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but if you look at the countries around the world, uh, which most of them, I can't think of another country where people actually have something like the Second Amendment. There's one does not come to mind, right? Uh, someone mm -hmm. out there could tell me if there is one. I think Czech, Re Czech Republic is on the verge, I think, of having something close oh, to cool. it. Oh, cool. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Those people get mad and, and destroy stuff and have riots. And they're like, no, this has to end. You guys don't end this. We're just going to start burning everything mm -hmm. until you end it. Now, here in America, in places where, you know, let's take New York out of the equation where you can't have stuff or whatever, right? But well, how come we've got guns? Yeah. Right. We, we have the Second Amendment. We have access to guns. We don't do that yet. Th at the same time, they're telling us, oh, but just having these things make you more violent. Well, that can't be true. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right? It just can't be true because we're mm-hmm. not going, okay, that's it. Let's all let's all get together and do this. Now, I'm not I don't know if we're ever going to do that. Um and I'm not saying there aren't things. Like for me, I know there's a line like, "Hey, if these guys if we actually get to a point in America where the people running the government go, we're going to ignore everything, right? They they control the press. They're going to run everything. They're going to they're going to um, push down whatever we say. And they're like, that's it. The end of guns. And we're coming to get them. That's the place where, I, you know, I'm going to be like, OK, who's fighting with me? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start looking around um, in my family. Just the same structure we were just talking about. You know, I'm going to ask myself that question, ask my family that question, my my friends and my neighbors and see, OK, who's getting together with me? If I'm standing there on my own and my family's going to go down and then everyone's going to be, oh, that was so sad. The strangers went down. I, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got to have a better plan than that. Right. I actually need people to stand up with me. But we don't in America so easily get to that point where we're like, no, nope, time to burn everything down. We've seen it, but we don't, you know, we, it's we don't things see it are, gun guys. It's because things are better than ever, and I think that part mm-hmm. of what happens with us is that with great power comes great responsibility, and I think that uh, I, I don't know if every gun owner goes through this consciously, but I know that I do, especially when I started concealed carrying, mm-hmm. is that you become cognizant of mm-hmm. I'm carrying something that could easily escalate a situation in, in a bad mm-hmm. and serious way if I'm not responsible about it. And and it always makes you think a little bit more of like, should I get into an argument with somebody or not? And it's like, I'm not the person that would do something. But what if that person escalates it? And I could have just avoided any escalation whatsoever by just Mm -hmm. being like, you know what? I don't care what you're saying. I'm out of here because it might be the other person that loses their cool and like draws something out, too, because when you carry a gun, you have to assume that everyone else is carrying a gun, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like an armed society is a polite society. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's part of what what happens with us is that we also want to be portrayed as we are just like everybody else. We're normal people. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 almost a catch 22 of it's there. But if you try to almost use it in a way that's effective, it becomes a threat. And and maybe that's the right way that it should be, because maybe that's the only way that it's effective. I don't know. Uh, but then it also kind of undermines the situation with people that don't understand. And that's what makes it so difficult. And I think the other side understands that. And that's why they they talk a big game, but it's still very hard for them to push something like confiscations or bans, because I think they know that that's going to be the line that pushes most people over the edge. Mm-hmm. And as long as they have some people that are more, I, I guess, uh, conniving or, or a little bit more intelligent, They'll just go with the soft, the slow boiling water effect, mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll go on. Well, okay, let's make it so that you can sue the gun companies, and then if the gun companies go out of business, basically barely anyone's going to manufacture guns. Or there's still going to be 3D printing of guns, but they'll never be of the quality that a manufactured gun can be. Yeah, I think oh, there there only be so manufactured the gu- guns for the government where there's exemptions. Who's gonna yeah. Who's gonna run that risk? Look, I mean, you know, we can have everyone yeah, knows be the like, argument. Like I can't buy a fighter jet from Lockheed Martin, but the government can. So Lockheed Martin or Colt can just manufacture guns for the government and the yeah. military, and they there's, care. there's a limit to what we could sue Tesla, right? Like we can't yeah. we can't sue Tesla because we buy a car and do something stupid with it. You know, you have to prove that Tesla did something irresponsible. So because yeah. the car can drive itself, if they tell you you can't 
you can't go to sleep behind the wheel and they do what they need to do. And then you um, overcome, right? Like you create things that overcome those rules that they've put in place and you go to sleep and drive the car and you die. That's on you. Yeah. And so there has to be these protections in any business uh, for that kind of thing. But you know what? Just to jog back for a second, I think that when it comes to guns, people who don't know or understand guns tend to play with them more than people who do. I think what it is, and it's the reason why I feel like everyone should be should should get training on guns. It's kind of like I give people the analogy of if you live in Florida and there's all this water around, you, you should, should learn how to swim. Learn how to yeah. swim. Your kids should learn how to swim. And I think it's the same kind of thing here. I think when we get into guns and we start using them and we realize like just how the potential uh, destructiveness of what we're what we're handling, you know, we 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 respect it more right mm -hmm. we appreciate yeah. and we respect what we're doing more right yep oh yeah most definitely yeah and you have to it's like when you have a fast car or something like that and you really learn like whoa this if i don't drive this correctly or responsibly like i can get killed pretty easily mm -hmm. uh and, and it's like anything else motorcycles anything that you know is powerful and can be dangerous that's the way that it is and you just have to be responsible and learn how to use it properly um, I think ultimately a lot of – in a lot of ways it is just going to come back down to the states. So mm -hmm. individually, obviously, we make our own decisions mm -hmm. about noncompliance and things like that. And mm -hmm. I think most people will have a line in the sand. But I think we need to influence our state governments to uh, to draw that line for us because it will be a lot easier. I mean like we – I used the example of DeSantis with the vaccine passports. If we have Second Amendment sanctuaries that have some teeth that basically the states are like, well, if the ATF comes here to confiscate guns and arrest our state residents, like we're going to arrest you in return or we're going to turn you away, essentially. Mm -hmm. At a minimum, we're not going to participate or help you at all um, in anything that happens as a result of that, uh, since, you know, we don't acknowledge those laws. And I think that's going to be the next step. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see the way that that goes because it can go a lot of different directions at that point because mm -hmm. in the past that would be seen as probably drawing a line that could lead to something like a civil war. Mm -hmm. But I think nowadays that would be so costly that even the fringe elements of the left, they haven't mm -hmm. completely taken over and they haven't gone that crazy. And I think a lot of them are – they don't understand – what they're arguing, especially the minions that you see, the woke people, they don't understand the repercussions of if they were to keep pushing the way that they wanted to and the results went to like actual conflict, mm -hmm. they, they would not be able to handle that. What would happen? They'd be crying in the corner, sobbing and asking, you know, it would be terrible. So it, it would be a useless gesture and they don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of. So I think knowing that if we actually stood up and we're just like, no, we're not going to do it. And you have like 20 states that do that, 25 mm -hmm. or more. I think it'll stop. And even the federal government will have to be like, if we want to keep this country together, we're basically going to have to we, we can't do it. We're going to have to back this off. They're going to have to negotiate some other way because they won't be able to afford it and they'll see it. Yeah. Uh, if they if they were truly evil and, and nefarious and they wanted to cause the destruction, then that would be a different story. But. I think I think there are enough people in power that understand that that would not be realistic and it would be very impractical for them. Yeah. Uh, unless they're like traders and they work for China. That's a different story. I can't yeah. speak for that. Then then it, all that's rough. It depends but, on how far people see into the future. Like what I see yeah. that if you are if 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 we're a nation 
that is so bendable that we will bend all the way over. I mean, <laughs> you know, people, well, gonna, this is, this is the thing even about being gun guys, right. To, you know, like, Hey, I've got, I've got a carry gun on me. I have guns. I'm not trying to do that. So I could bully people. I'm only mm-hmm. doing that for the, for the moment when, you know, someone tries to back me into a corner and I don't have any choices. Right. Because yeah. I know that I'm only going to bend so far. You know, I understand it. So if there's things that happen, like I see when I look at when I look at people who don't understand, like when you there's a lot of videos out there. I see Mr. Guns and Gear putting out videos, you know, of these kids who don't understand what they're actually dealing with. Right. Yeah. So they actually pull out guns in front of each. They're even shooting at each other and missing yeah. and they don't understand what they're dealing with. I think mm-hmm. I think I see the world in a different way and I understand what it's capable of. But I know that it's this thing that I believe in over many other things because it's that one thing that will give me a backbone and a spine if the government decides, no, we don't care what your preferences are, sir. Yep. This is what you're going to do now. This is how you're going to live and this is what your job is going to be. Because there's an, end, there's an end to this. There's no way the government just wants us all to stay home and we don't have to work and we just get money and we just get to do whatever we want to do with our lives and then we're living like we're in friggin' Star Trek or some nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's an there's a end, end point to why they're pushing everyone in this direction. You know, uh, yeah, I, it depends on what you believe. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, let's say that let's say that they, you know, what's the one thing that they push like the Great Reset and global warming and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So if you want to get really conspiratorial, let's say that they actually let's say that they seriously believe what they believe. Let's mm-hmm. say that they believe in global warming, that the world is going to end. Mm-hmm. If they do actually believe that, then I, I don't I don't there's no justification for what they would be doing, but I would make sense that if you feel like there's finite amount of resources, we're going to run out of them. The world's going to get out of temperature. What can we do? Well, let's create a crisis that causes the economy to collapse. Maybe there's a war involved and you have less people or you make them reliant on the government and then we can make things more efficient. Mm-hmm. They won't be able to drive anymore. They can't fly because if it's that bad, then you basically have to stop all these things. And mm-hmm. so you have to find some plausible way that the people will slowly start agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. And why not just make them afraid of doing anything? And then they'll always stay inside. They won't want to travel. Uh, you've given them infrastructure. You've empowered the companies that mm-hmm. provide them with entertainment on the Internet. And they can deliver them food. Um, you know, that they can tr- control the message. And you've created like an all-in-one encapsulating thing that now you can – you can push people to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that some sort of disaster is going to happen, then you can make them unite against that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I don't agree with that because it takes away people's free will mm-hmm. and you're lying about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they do believe in that, then it makes sense. If, if they don't believe in that, then they're just doing it for nefarious reasons or they're incompetent, which is sometimes true. Yeah. Sometimes we confuse – uh, things that are happening for like some evil plot, but sometimes it's just a lot of stupid people doing, doing things just at doing the same time. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's just, I've heard other people say that it's not like a, a huge cabal or something that controls America. It's just a lot of greedy people. And so sometimes they make deals in the short term that come bite us in the butt later. Yeah. A like, zeitgeist you know, get, of self-destruction. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is. Like, okay, let's help, uh, like Iran Contra or things like that. Let's give, mm-hmm. Uh, let's give people guns by helping the Colombian drug cartels. Well, now we have drug problems in the United States. Yeah. But in the short term, it seemed like we were solving one problem and then mm-hmm. we created another. Or let's give weapons to 
the Mujahideen in Afghanistan to fight against the Soviet Union, then 20 years later, they're using that against us. So it's like sometimes it's like, why do we make uh, decisions that seem to be stupid or undermine us later? Maybe they are just stupid and people are just greedy and they know that they're politicians for a short amount of time. So they make mm -hmm. deals for themselves and they don't really think about the long term repercussions. Mm -hmm. And that's why our policy sometimes seems like it's all over the place. Yeah, I think, you know, there's the question, right? If we could if we could draw out a scale, you know, um, and, and try to figure out like where on the, like, so let's say maybe the middle of the scale is zero, where mm -hmm. that's everything that's happening is completely accidental. That would be yeah, zero. Just, that would be yeah. complete balance. The, the way I see it, yeah, you yeah. know, and then on the one end of that scale will be negative. Like this is the most evil reason. So let's say for example, you know, there's aliens and, yeah. and they, and their technology is better than ours and they want to feed on uh, the planet earth because people are delicious. Yeah. Right. And our leaders have decided, you know what? <laughs> People are delicious. <laughs> I don't want to get eaten. So I'm going to so prepare everyone. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. going to prepare sacrifice everyone. sacrifice enough people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and then the way on far on the other end of that scale would really actually be us all somehow getting together and figuring out how to make the world better and, you know, like make be better people and grow and expand mm -hmm. throughout the universe or whatever craziness. Yeah. Um, you know, if I think about it, I personally think that we're closer to a situation where we have uh, the it's the few over the many, I think. And what oh, of I'm, course, what I mean yeah. by that is I think like the few who are in power and control and I'm not just talking about the politicians. OK, uh, or the leaders or the royalty or whatever around the world. They're on the top of that pyramid of who's in control. But at mm -hmm. the bottom of that pyramid of who's in control are some people, I'm not saying everyone, but some people in the military, in, in law enforcement, in other parts of government that they're like, I'm always going to have a good job. I'm always going to have the, the government's going to pay for where I live and give me a house and give me food. Yep. So I don't care if we just draw, if we ride everything into the ground, because I'm always going to be good. And the rest of the people are just going to be, you know, we're, we're living on a planet with 7 billion people and they mm -hmm. feel like that the rest of the people are just going to become uh, sacrificable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know I where I don't true. know where you would put everything on that scale. You know, No, I think well, I think that's kind of how history's always been. I think the difference is that now mm -hmm. the average person, especially in the in the United States, we don't live like peons or serfs anymore. Mm -hmm. Comparatively, like mm -hmm. we, we all have access to clean water, you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, usually have a roof over your head, you know, unless you make your own decisions a lot of times or you're, you have issues mm -hmm. that you can't control. Yeah, people but, are putting I mean, up names of scales. I don't know if there is there a scale for what we're talking. Is there a name? <laughs> you would I know, think they, right? they went through scales like you were trying to give a scale and they started talking about music. But oh. um, <laughs> but so I think it's always kind of been like that. I think in some ways the average person is living mm -hmm. better than they ever have in history. And then people always say, well, but the elites have more power than ever. And it's like, well, that's because we have technology that's more powerful than, mm -hmm. than it's ever existed. So obviously whoever controls that has power that nobody's ever had. Like yeah. a king back in the day, he might have like a thousand knights or an army of 10,000 people that he could send, but he didn't have the power to shut everyone down or control their communications or mm -hmm. take away their money with like the, the push of a keyboard or something like that, or take away electricity. And then, you know, that you've relied on, you know, back then, if they had to physically take away stuff mm -hmm. from you or kill you. Yeah. And nowadays it's like they can find other ways to, to control you or, or mm -hmm. make you succumb. 
mm-hmm. you might not feel as bad about it, but they might actually have more power over you than than before. Yeah, I I think you know, even one of the things I think is that um, I think you said it. I don't I don't think it's it's uh, mostly deliberate. I think yeah. what we're looking at is mostly accidental. Right. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of what happens, those people in those power positions are good. If things are bad, things are bad for them. But they're on the good side of the bad, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. And everyone it's bad for everyone else. I just think that it's just, it's, you know, we're living in a situation probably where most people, you know, people have good intentions. I could bring it back to like my family situation. You know, Lola and I, we we weren't born in America. We came here, we went through struggles, you know, we saw that our family, both of us in, in different ways, saw that the way our parents got along and stuff like that wasn't so great. But we got together and we didn't want that, right? Mm-hmm. So we got together, we got we got married, we had children, we strived to give them everything. You know, we worked hard and we did everything to like live in better places and do better with our life. We made, If we made mistakes... We, we faced up to it. We did all this stuff, right? So we have these kids and we're raising them up and we're teaching them stuff, you know, and you've got to, you've got to feed them and wipe their butts and all the way up to, you got to take them to school and do all of this. And you're just, you, you're, you're trying to give them better all the time. You're trying to do good all the time. And then they became, then they become men, you know, and you're still trying to do that. But now they're feeding off of you, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you've gotten older. Like I was telling my kids that. I was like, in the last 20-something years, you've grown up. I've gotten older. <laughs> yep. You know? So now what's happening is, like, I have to ask myself, am I going to, am I, are me and Lola going to keep working, you know, right now, we're, we're close to 50, and they're 20. Are we going to get to, like, you know, 70, <laughs> And they're 40 and we're just working <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're just like, you know what? Oh, my parents do everything. Got a place to live. Oh my gosh. I could, you know, but this is how uh, this is what people want for America. And what's yeah. and what's happening to us is like, we're like no, 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 dude, <laughs> we've, we, well, we've I, done it. We've given you what we need to give you. Yeah. Well, I think we became obsessed with and sometimes maybe marketing has to do with this sometimes mm-hmm. because companies uh, feed into the trends. And I think that that exacerbates things sometimes. I mean, we see it with the woke culture. Mm-hmm. If companies didn't buy into it, it wouldn't become as big as it is. They amplify it with their marketing and money and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you always heard the term, well, I want my kids to live a better life than than we had. But sometimes you take for granted that it's like, well, if you didn't have tough points in your life, you wouldn't have become the person that you are. Mm -hmm. So you have to give your children. I think what people need to look at is you should have or force your children to have some work for themselves, be more independent. But if they fail, then you can bail them out if you want to do that rather than just giving supporting them the whole time and then saying, well, I guess I'm just going to support them forever. And sometimes sometimes they need to sometimes they need to suffer. I think this is a good analogy for the country. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they need to suffer. It's like you don't none of us want the worst for other people. Yeah. None of, like, you know, I mean, hey, there's some bad people in the world. I don't think they should even exist, you know, if they're that evil. But in general, I wish good things for for everyone. Right. But ultimately, yeah. what happens in a scenario where everybody stays home and everyone gets money and everyone yeah. has the right to everything? 
who, who's actually going to be doing it? So just to, to, to make that more sense, it's like in this case of our family. If if Lola and I get old and we're like, well, we're not doing it anymore. We're going to stay home. And then our kids are looking at us like, hey, how come you guys aren't out making money so we could eat and do stuff? Yeah. You know, it, it, what do we eventually we're just sitting there looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. that's the point, I think, that uh, that America is going to come to. That with what with all this stuff that, that that people are trying to push on us, and that's just you know, that's the end, that's the end, and that's what we have to ask ourselves if we really want to do that because we're just going to be looking at like so are you going to work are you going to start a business are you going to build something are you going to defend me because when we hit that end it doesn't really it's not like oh we just peacefully hit a reset button, it's that all every rule goes out the window. Well, and, and that's the question. It's funny because we can bring this back to the gun discussion and, mm-hmm. and make things, uh, you know, bring that back for that for the audience is that question of w- what do we want? Do we want do we mm-hmm. feel that the differences in some cases are so far that we have to have that final come to Jesus moment? Like where we're like, look, if this if you if you push us past this point, like we're done, like we're going to break up mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and whatever that means, you know, it, it could, that could go different ways. But let's say that breaking up is the ultimate, mm-hmm. the worst thing that can happen. And mm-hmm. however that is, whether it's ugly or it's just like peace out mm-hmm. and we sign some papers and that's right. it, 50-50, right. like a divorce, you know, I, I can't say. Nobody knows how that would work out. But um, when it comes to gun control, it's like, do you, you want do you want to do you want to slow down the death or do you just want to get it over with and go for broke? Mm-hmm. And and or enforce that final confrontation. And, oh, what you, you mean know, when people say that they want gun, that, so that they want gun control because they want to save lives? No, 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 no. Okay. I I mean I mean like some people that would say that maybe they want to compromise on certain mm-hmm. things, okay. and then because it's like well they're going for a hundred percent. Like let's take HR one twenty seven. Obviously that's not going to pass. I would think because it's so it's so crazy that even the leftists know it's like what uh, confiscations if they and they got to register. Like we can't do that without grandfathering. Mm-hmm. Like they know that's crazy, but at least they throw that out at the table so that when they can only get like five or ten percent of that, then it's like oh see we totally compromised. It's like well why aren't why isn't our side trying to do the same thing? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the the annoying thing, and that's what. Oh, oh sorry about cat. that. The cat, the cat is complaining. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, she wants her out. Mom's not home yet. No, oh. her mom's not home yet. Oh, okay. Joe's, Joe usually gets home around this time on uh, oh. Thursdays, but do you have to walk the cat or something? No, no, she just oh. likes attention. She goes oh, outside okay. on the balcony and all that stuff, so she's oh, okay. pretty independent. But there yeah. are times when mm-hmm. you know, and she gets angry when I speak loud, uh, or yeah. when I'm talking to people. It's pretty yeah. funny. She's but, like, do uh, I have to smack someone? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, th- that's what I'm talking about, where it almost feels like, you know, we always try to come up with this compromise mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. is the better strategy to pack up our ball and go home, go all the way or, you know, a compromise? Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm on the you should bring up everything that you want to the table. And then your strategy after that is they they concede to you. Mm-hmm. So you say that you want to repeal the NFA mm-hmm. and then their counter, the minimum that you would accept is taking suppressors out of the NFA and not having a waiting period. You can just purchase them mm-hmm. like anything else mm-hmm. or eliminating background checks altogether. Oh, or, I see where, uh, I see where you're going. I, I, yeah. think, I think what I would say with this is if we look at what's happening right now and the political climate of everything that's happening, uh, the folks on the other side of this discussion are not reasonable. 
So yeah. in my mind, you don't negotiate, you don't talk to anyone who's who who has lost all sense of reason. And what I mean by that is from um, from the Second Amendment, right, which gives us the right to keep and bear arms and, and says it should not be infringed. How many infringements do we have right now? Like, so in terms of laws, how many laws do we have in America that are thousands, that are each yeah. it's tens of thousands right yeah. maybe 20,000 or something like that right if you if you talk to people in our circles they'll say okay it's like 20,000 let's put the number there right mm-hmm. okay if if we're there there's no there's no reason exactly there's no reason there's no exactly. there's no sense of reason so the it's it's like the it's the same discussion with immigration you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, we're just we, America should just be open and people should come in here. Hell no. Yeah, that this is my thing. And I'm an immigrant. So I don't think, you know, do you leave your do you leave your, your property open? Do you leave your house open? Can anyone just come in your house and nope. do whatever they want to do? No. You know, this is not this is not how it works. So if this is how you think about it. To me, you're not being reasonable. If we're a country and we're trying to deal with something, you're, and and on one hand, you're saying, oh, anyone could come into America. They could do whatever. They, so, for example, right now, one of the things that makes everyone pissed off and this big thing on the news is what's happening in Georgia and some other places where they're putting laws into effect saying you have to show ID to vote. Yep. Right. Biden is saying, nope, that's racist. If you're trying to get people to show ID to vote, you're racist because people that look like me and you, Rolando, we do not understand. We don't have the mental capacities or understanding or money or something like that to to be able to have ID. Well, and look, here's the example that I use. I live in a city in Florida where Mm -hmm. I think it's like 70 or 80 percent black. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, basically the entire city council, the mayor and everybody is black. Mm -hmm. So we went to vote in the local election. Everybody there was black. Everybody was showing ID. Nobody was complaining mm-hmm. about it. So clearly, do minorities have a problem with ID? This is an, this is a city that's controlled completely by minorities, essentially, and mm-hmm. nobody had any issues. And they asked for ID when we went to vote. And they looked it up, and they saw that we lived there mm-hmm. so that we could vote. That's pretty yeah. easy. They don't want people from the other town to come and vote for stuff in this town. Mm-hmm. So if you can do it on the local level, they're just disingenuous. That's the well, problem. Well, it it's not logical. And I can show you yeah, how it's it not logical. I'll show you how it's not logical. Well, I mean, with the Second Amendment, they're okay with showing background checks on yeah. a fundamental right and ID. So if you can restrict that fundamental right, why can't you restrict it or regulate another? You know? Uh-huh. If, if I mean, you know it. You know, yeah, we, we, we all know it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You're saying, oh, now, these people have to go through background checks. we got to yeah. close all loopholes. You know, we've got to make sure they're doing all of this. we got to hold those guns for like 30 days. Cause, yeah. So, okay, how about we hold the votes of people for 30 days? Okay, how about we make everyone who votes have to go through a background check? Forget about ID alone, because if I go buy a gun, I've got to show, you know, ID. I've got to, you know, if uh, I'm, I'm in Florida and so I don't necessarily have to do this and I'm a FFL. But what I'm saying is the average person out there, they go to vote. I mean, they go to buy a gun. They have to show ID. They have to fill out paperwork. Right. They have to pay fees. You know, yep. and then in places they're like, nope, and you got to wait 30 days. Well, that's racist. That's well, racist. And, why do they have and, to do all that? They probably can't even read. They definitely. Yeah. Why do they have to show the ID? 
you know, but no, 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 no. On this thing, we're thinking this way. And on this thing, we're thinking that way. Then we are not talking reason. No, we're not. And, and we're if not you want to talk reason. about it differently and look, the other side will look at this differently. But let's be honest. The fact of the matter is, I would say that voting has more consequences on your fellow citizens than obviously you owning guns. Mm -hmm. Because if you would use guns or anything else to murder or hurt somebody, you're breaking the law anyway. Mm -hmm. You voting doesn't break any law. Mm -hmm. But if you vote a certain way, it's going to affect your peers. If you vote for one party that has completely different ideas than the other, or if mm -hmm. you vote for taxes at the local level or regulations like that. Me owning guns, as long as I'm being a good person and moralistic, it's never going to affect you. It isn't because mm -hmm. I'm not going to use it to hurt anybody unless mm -hmm. they're coming to hurt me. Uh, you know, so that's the only time. So if anything, we, we're not capable, we're, we're not capable of knowing the future. And yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not the future of what you're going to do with a car. Someone doesn't go, oh, well, you're capable of killing a person with this car, so you can't have exactly. it. They don't yeah. say that. Yeah. Right. You know, when you're going to get married and having and have children, they don't go, oh, well, you're capable of killing your wife and your kids. So you're not getting married. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we don't do that. I mean, yeah, if like, I go for a job, I'm capable of stealing everything from that job. They don't go, you know what? We're not going to hire you because you're capable yeah, <laughs> you, there's the potential that you might do this. It's when you do it. It's you live your and you live and you prove, you know, who you are and what you are. And if you if for some reason you become broken, then you get dealt with. Yeah. And, and look, it's it's the it's the uh, throwing away of responsibility. Ultimately, mm -hmm. people don't want to take responsibility for everything. That's where they push people. So it's almost a reflection of themselves. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't want you to own guns because I personally myself don't feel responsible enough mm -hmm. to own guns. In a lot of cases, that's how it is because you feel, uh, you know, you've taken people to the range before and they're like, this isn't what I thought it was, or this doesn't make me like, I thought the gun people were evil or crazy, but I'm having a lot of fun when I go out shooting. Like those are contradictory feelings and it's difficult yeah. at first. For you, sometimes this for is a little bit, this that. is a little bit off topic, but you know, did you see the thing that happened in New York where this guy who was actually in prison because he killed his mom? It's like a big guy. Um, oh, no, if, no. If, I didn't see. if you um, let me see. I don't know if I have that story pulled up. I might I might have it. Um, it it's it's uh, it's starting to hit news out there. Let me see if I could find it. Um, hold on here. I'm going to pull up. Uh, if you if you just go to any news thing right now and look it up, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. There's a guy in New York City. Let me see. If, can I find this here? Um, uh, he attacked um, he attacked this Asian woman in New York City. But uh, here we go. Here we go. So let me see if I could um, just put something up here on the screen for people to see this. Was this the one where he, he brutally attacked the woman and then like the security guards were nearby and they just kind of closed the door and ignored it and they didn't do anything to help? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this particular, yeah, this particular thing. Yeah. Like video. That's another shows, statement. That's another statement on like how things are in this world. Yeah. That you won't go help a woman that's being beaten. Yeah. So video shows building staffers t uh, tend to Asian women after attacking New York city. Um, but there's a, there's, so, uh, so here's the guy, murderer arrested for hate crime, stomping of New York City Filipino woman, okay? Um, 
So if you look, if you look at this, uh, oh man, these these freaking pop ups are so annoying to me. Yep. <laughs> you know now everyone's got the everyone's got the pop ups things coming. It's gonna there's gonna be more pop ups. So anyway, you can see this guy. Oh man, it's I don't I, and and the 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 people inside of that building, um, they're just they're just like standing there looking at that. Of course, like I get it, they might be shocked or whatever. So this guy basically, this is a big guy. And he killed his mother. He's a black guy. Doesn't you know? I'm just giving you a descriptor for the people listening or whatever. He killed his mom. He went to jail in New York City. They let him out. He's there in the streets. He comes across this Filipino woman, you know, and starts stomping her out. Yep. What are we doing? What are we doing? Why does this person exist on the face of the planet? Why does this person kill their mother and they ever see daylight ever again? Mm-hmm. You know, but why do we even have to feed this guy? <laughs> why do we have to house him and clothe him? Why do we why do we need this person on the face of the planet? That's how it is. I mean, sometimes it's funny that they you should you should sometimes make, you know, people always talk about because I'm I'm always for uh I guess I'm more libertarian when it comes to like felonies getting rights restored mm-hmm. and things like that, because I also believe that it's like if you're if your crime is so bad that you need to lose all your rights, then we just need mm-hmm. to make the consequence much worse or make mm-hmm. the minimum consequence much higher. Yeah. So I think for things like that, we should we need to make guaranteed minimums on things like that, that you life in prison, probably. And but for obviously victimless crimes, you either make those non non crimes or you make those very minimal consequences. Yeah. So sometimes our our justice system is so skewed in illogical ways when you try to compare things to one another. And that's what lets people that are essentially good people that made maybe mistakes or they got arrested for BS, get stuck in prison for decades and people like that that are legitimate monsters yeah. uh, get out and they're back in the streets. Yeah. Kathleen Music Lover says, who let him out? And Richard Maunder says, worst thing they did is shut the door on that woman after she was beaten. Um, yep. uh, you know, and that's kind so. of what, uh, and like I said, that's kind of a statement in the world today too. People don't yeah. help one another. A lot of these States, they don't have good Samaritan laws. So they, but, they get people. But also, what do you do? Well, well, let me tell you this though. What do you do against this massive dude who is probably batshit crazy? I'm not saying it's okay. Like I, I've, I've lived in New York city. I've been yeah. in, in situations like this and you know, that there was a time in New York City when people would rush out there. But do I believe that this could happen in New York City where people just sit there and watch you get beaten? Yes, I've seen it. Oh, also. yeah, of course. You yeah. know, this is how human beings become like this. And I and when I realized that New York City was making me into a person, I did not want to raise my children in New York City. I didn't want to grow up there. I didn't want to live like this where a human being could look at another human being being beaten like a rag doll and just stand there. But what do you do? What, what's your thing that you do against this person? You're not the cops. Where's the cops? It's a yeah. police state. And so so what people are told in New York City is you it's very, very difficult for you to get a permit to carry in New York City. OK, it's very difficult for you to be armed in New York City. OK, mm-hmm. so what are you supposed to do when you come across this massive giant of a dude stomping someone out? What are you supposed yeah. to do with him? Yeah, that's well. That's what uh, keep, uh, guns are for, usually. Yeah, <laughs> that's what times, I'm saying. But yeah. if you if you live in a place where you can't do it, and then you no. know it becomes it, this is this is you know where. This, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I'm saying, yeah, in those states, you can't intervene. In some states, you can you can draw your weapon to save somebody else. I know in Florida, that's the rule. If somebody else's life is in danger and you can, you know, help them out, you're allowed to, you know, engage in that situation. Yeah, and uh, maybe we all don't have to worry about this monster walking around. Yeah. How would this have been back in the days when we were just little villages and things like that? What would we do with a person like this who destroys his own mother? We don't have that. Yeah. That person can't live in our village anymore. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so it's not like, oh, we're going to put him in the prison. <laughs> no. Why are we mm -hmm. putting him in the prison? So we have to feed this massive giant and then we give him an opportunity to do this to people over and over again. That's yeah. all. That's what's going to happen now in New York City. Mm hmm. You know, it's not like in New York City, we're going to go, okay, you killed your mom, and then you stomped out this woman, that's it, we're gassing you, you're out of here. Yeah. You know, we don't have that. And I know there's people like, oh, but that's cruel, whatever. Why do we need this person? We need mm -hmm. something that gives us an ability. We need some tool, some, some way that we don't have to deal with monsters. Okay? When we come across monsters, we should destroy them. You know, mm -hmm. um, and this just to go to another thing here uh, or to go back to something else. Atomic Bull says where I live in New York, uh, you need ID to fly. <laughs> you get driver's license to buy beer that covers yep. everybody. Voter ID has nothing to do with race and everything in order to be able to cheat. But look, we all have to fly. I, if, when I fly, I have to show ID. What about you? Yeah, of course. I'm flying inside of America. I have to show ID. That's racist. Mm -hmm. And I don't, yeah. I don't believe it. What I'm saying yeah. to you is, I, it's according like, to their standard, this is their stupid logic. Mm -hmm. If I'm dealing with people have, who have this stupid logic, I'm going to go, nope, that's racist. Why, why are you trying to make me? You know, I think like we, we were talking yesterday about the airplanes, man. It's gotten so bad that no one wants to fly because of the draconian Nazi-like uh, tactics that the airlines are taking to make people wear masks and, and all this kind of nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. That's not stopping a damn thing. And then we have to bail them out, but we have to show ID to fly. Why? It's racist. Why yeah. are we doing this racist thing? If it's racist to make a person show ID to vote, why are we make, making them show ID to fly? Yep. And, and it's so it's so simple that it's crazy that you know normal people a lot of times don't see the logic, or I, I get more annoyed of if you know that you're, and that's kind of a post that I made on IG the other day talking about all these other uh, you know bills that uh, the Democrats are trying to pass that are not gun bills, and I basically said I'm kind of tired of dealing with this whole like let's reach across the aisle kind of thing mentality because. If they, I basically made it clear. I was like, you've got like HR1, HR5, HR842. So one is basically taking away states' rights from, you know, controlling their own elections, which that's, a constitu that's in the Constitution. The other one is the Equality Act, which would basically, you know, uh, deal with, you know, allowing people who identify as women but are not uh, to compete in women's sports and things like that. I think that hurts mm -hmm. women's rights. Oh, massive. And then 842 was basically breaking uh, uh, right to work in states. So that forces everyone to unionize whether you want yeah. to or not. So that takes away money and, and your own sovereignty because you can't choose. So I'm like, look, so you can say that you're pro-gun, but if you, if, if okay, maybe you, let's say you voted for Biden, that's fine. And now you've become more educated. If you look at those things or, or let's say that you saw my post 
and you're a little bit upset mm -hmm. that you didn't know what HR1, HR5, and mm -hmm. HR842 were, and you decide to look at it. If after you read what they do, mm -hmm. you still say that you would vote for, for Joe Biden, or at a minimum, you, you could say that you wouldn't vote for Trump, that's fine. But if you still say that you'd vote for a party that believes in those things, then I don't care if you supposedly like guns or anything like that. I really don't want to have anything to do with you because you're willing to give away my, my other rights, essentially. So it's not good enough that you're okay with my second amendment rights. If you're going to try to take away my first amendment, my fourth amendment and, and my other rights, like you, you can't take away any of my rights. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I'm tired of this. Let's compromise because I feel like there are certain standards that you just have to have and we have to have as a country. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe in our constitutional rights, then do I really want an alliance with you? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I've said, because those are authoritarian policies that they're pushing. So I don't know how you can reconcile the Second Amendment, which is supposed to stand against authoritarianism with policies that are authoritarian. Yeah. Then that means that you believe in like owning guns, but then you're going to listen to the government or are you going to help them? Yeah. Or, well, or how I mean, this is, this is kind of what so, I'm saying. Like, how are we how are we going to stand up to illogic batshit craziness with logic yeah. when people are saying, oh, be reasonable? Let's just yeah. be reasonable and do the, you know, you have to like negotiate or do, I'm like, no, why? Why would I negotiate yeah. with a madman? This particular guy right here that did this thing to this woman, he's batshit crazy. But there's yeah. other people in society that are telling us things that we could sit here and we could explain how it's insane that you're saying, okay, you, you, you don't have to have a, a driver's license or anything like that or any kind of ID to affect the course of the entire nation and everyone inside of it, but you have to have it to fly. You have to have it to drive, <laughs> you know? So it's the same kind of craziness. Like, why am I trying to be logical with crazy people? Yep. You know, well, you shouldn't, I, you I should think... not try to be, you should not try to, you can't negotiate with crazy people. Well, and, and that's, and that's kind of where I get to the point. So I know people mm -hmm. always, I, I know people have wanted me to mention it and talk about it, about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Rob's co co-written mm -hmm. co-authored article oh, okay. from ammo land. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, when I read it initially, I was upset about it because I didn't like the tone of it. I've seen, I saw his interview with John Crump and I thought that he, he said, the right things on that interview. Mm -hmm. And I saw Maj's rebuttal and disagreements with it. And I, and I more agree with Maj. I think that that, that to use a political analogy, that strategy is kind of what the Republicans did for decades where they, the, they're like, let's play nice with the other side. Let's not really put our line in the sand because if we come out as reasonable and if we compromise, um, then, you know, they'll see that we're reasonable. And the problem is I think that the leadership of the left started seeing we're never going to get truly what we want if we allow them to use that tactic because then we're still doing piecemeal stuff for ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So they started saying, let's not play by that paradigm. Let's just go for broke. And then Republicans never got that message. And just being the nature that we are for a long time, conservatives were probably like, now obviously you can say politicians are snakes and they lie. So that's a different story. But I think as voters, we kind of saw the logic for a while. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. let's act like adults. They're acting a little bit like children. Mm -hmm. So we'll use facts, logics and uh, logic mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And we'll try to be reasonable. And then we, after a while it resulted in, well, they're not being reasonable at all. Mm -hmm. That's why president Trump became president because mm -hmm. people got tired of 
Republicans just keep selling us out or they do nothing. So let's put this guy who's he's a total wild card. We don't know what he's going to do. He ended up not being really pro Second Amendment, but in other things, he exposed the politicians and he was whatever he did. He was the result. You got him because the party didn't stand up for things. They mm -hmm. used tactics like that. And that's kind of how I took the article. It was like it's almost a defeatist mentality. It was very political, po mm -hmm. written like a politician. Um, I, I've respected a lot of the work that Rob has done, but I think that here it, it kind of undermines things. And coming from the perspective of the way that my wife and I do things now, obviously, look, Rob's been in the gun industry for decades. He helps a lot of people that I think are. He was uh, here great. longer before me or you. I can't. Argue oh, yeah. That, right? And and he's sure. done great things that, for a lot for a lot of my f people that I respect and their organizations that really do help the Second Amendment, like Maj and, and uh, Tony Simon and mm -hmm. and Edgar. But, but who, that doesn't mean but that doesn't give you, you know, that doesn't give you license. No, no. You know, oh, or that doesn't not. give you immunity or protection. You know, if I if I said something or put out a statement as crazy as what he put out there, I would expect people to jump on that, right? Oh yeah. And if I was if 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 being, you know, someone asked me what's the definition of of sanity and insanity, if if you say something, if I do something or say something that's wrong and everyone calls that to my attention, which they should. It's like Who's really your friend? The person who will tell you that your breath stinks or the person who knows that your breath stinks and doesn't tell they you? They don't do anything. Well, yeah. and what I was so, saying is mm -hmm. I, I kind of wanted to bring it full circle. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I wanted to mm -hmm. bring it there. I was almost going to say despite, you know, obviously the good faith and the goodwill of what he's done in helping other people in the community, mm -hmm. I think it almost undermines the work. And, I, and, you know, this is where kind of initially where my wife and I kind of took it. I said, we've had success, and obviously, like I said, we're not big in any way or had the reach that he has. He's been doing it longer, so I'm sure that he's converted people to gun owners and done a lot of good things in that regard. But in our targeting of like people in our demographic, we really push on the freedom principles and you being able to have the freedoms that you want and being able to own th the things that you want. And so we're going we're teaching people to be uncompromising and they don't even realize it because we're just teaching them what it means to be an American and not be unashamed of it. So pushing a compromising role while other people like us, Maj, are pushing an uncompromising position, especially the demographics that are usually not really in the gun community historically. Mm -hmm. I feel that it really undermines our efforts in a lot of ways because mm -hmm. you're almost contradicting it because it's like you we have people like us, people in the black gun community that are really pushing freedom, these principles that really are what America is all about. And then you have positions like this that are really almost compromising on that message. And it's almost contradictory, I think. So, so you know what, Here, here's what I have to say about this thing. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to beat up on, uh, I don't want to beat up on anyone for, for that matter, right? No, of course not. But I think that if we really want to do something, if we really want to do something and we want to, to make changes and make changes for the better, right? We have to, um, change the way that we do things. So inside of the gun community and lots of other communities for that matter, there's this kind of thing like, oh, if someone's in here and they're one of us, we're not going to say anything bad about them. So does that no, mean you, you have to hold is, people accountable? Yeah, are you going to let them do whatever they want to do to you? Are you going to let them just like take and do whatever? And then they could come to you and go, here's my license. I did this for 30 years. I was good. No, 
the, the thing is, is you could have done this for 30 years, but now you've flipped and you've gone over to the other side. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to personally attack you, you know, but guess what? <laughs> you went over to the other side and I'm going to make it plain and, and clear and simple that you're over on the other side and I'm going to disavow you. Yeah. Okay. And look, and that's and, that's what I think. That's what I think is happening here. And even as we're talking here and doing the show, there's things coming in, like you know, Rob's here. I'll tell you something. Um, I'm gonna tell you what what I'm what I'm getting uh, from people out there, right? That um, now he wants DM, DRM controls on 3D files. Oh yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Because, well, because then that, so well, so this is all stuff that's breaking, and I don't know anything about it, and I'm not going to get deep into it with people here at the end of the show or whatever. But those are that's something coming to me from a very good source saying that he wants to do that. And when when him and I were just like, because he was mad over what I put out when I read the statement, and he was texting me, and he was like, "Oh look, I've done all this stuff for 30 years, and look at all that I'm doing for 3D guns." And I was like, "What does that mean? You're you're not a pioneer of 3D guns." You just jumped on that bandwagon recently. And Mm -hmm. this is the point that I'm making to you. At some point here, we have to be able to identify who's with us and who's not really with us. And it doesn't matter what kind of good... Look, I could do all kinds of good stuff. And if I go out there and do something really bad, right? Oh, yeah. You you got to disavow me. Of course. Okay. And, And I'm not saying he didn't... He didn't like take anyone down or hurt anyone, uh, so far as I know, right? But this is something that is incredibly detrimental to everything that we're fighting for, and it's going to become even more important as time goes on here, just because of how deliberate that message was, and how oh, crafted yeah. that message was, and where that message came from, and exactly what's happening right now in this period of time, and what we're fighting against, which is expanded background checks. Yep. And, and look, I think I think it's uh, this is kind of where I was going. Of where do we where do we want to go? You know, are you okay with a slow demise, or have we gotten to the point? See, I think that I I would see that, and maybe a lot of people won't won't agree with me on this, mm-hmm. but I think that we've reached a point, and I'm more confident with our governors now. That if they were to push like an AWB, I think that like DeSantis would say absolutely not. And I think a few other governors I would, hope so, would say but, un- un- unenforceable. But if he doesn't, guess what? We're in Florida and ultimately I don't know where else I'm going to run to and hide, and hide yeah. from this. No, so but, if DeSantis goes for any kind of nonsense or the politicians out there, if they do it, it doesn't care much I like them. No, we're gonna we're gonna take a stand against that, and and we're gonna like kick you out of office. We're not gonna yeah. vote for you, and if it comes down to it, we're gonna fight. We're not yeah. going to give up but the our question, guns to you. I, I guess the question that I have is, what do people prefer? Do they prefer the slow demise, or do at this point I ver- I'm almost like let them show all their cards and do what they're gonna do, because. If they if we allow them to prolong it, then they will get what they want at the end because they will play over the course of years, make it so that let's say that they can put gun uh, gun companies out of business because they allow them to get sued. There there a lot of them, even the biggest ones, are going to go because what are we going to well, do? Are we as civilians going to go defend the gun companies and like go dude, to their factory? I would not even. Who that? wants to Who wants to be in the business? Do you want to be in the? Yeah. Like, what side of the business do you want to be in if they allow people to start suing? Not just the manufacturers. They might sue the gun store. Yeah. So you know the so, distributor. <laughs> so by that way, de facto, look, even if three D printing guns, look, if you run out of 
the the suppliers because right now even with 3d printed guns you still need to buy barrels you still need to buy a lot of parts that you can't manufacture yourself easily mm -hmm. i know that you can do electrolysis with barrels and all that mm -hmm. stuff i know you can but most normal people can't and they'll never be able to do it in the numbers that will compensate for the loss of the entire industry never never mm -hmm. never never it will never be that way so if they do that, you're going to kill it off over generations because eventually, even if they allow the guns to get grandfathered in and they don't take away the existing ones, people are going to stop caring about it or they're going to make it so that you don't have public ranges. They'll make those illegal. They'll do that stuff. So it's like, well, what can you really do to instill the love of the Second Amendment to your kids after that? And they haven't done anything to take it away. So are you going to go like fight somebody over this when they made companies go out of business? Mm -hmm. It's like technically they haven't done anything to violate the Constitution. They've just made it almost impossible to to create we, new we guns. We ultimately easily. have to say no. It's a it's a look. This is yeah. not the only point like guns is not the only thing in America that people are going to have to say no. Uh, I'm yeah. telling you. There's, there, at some point here, very shortly, they're going to say that you cannot have combustion engine vehicles. Yeah. And I'm telling well, you, I own an electric car. I'm not freaking giving up my combustion no. engine vehicles, though. And at some point, they're going to say, well, one, they're already mm -hmm. saying you can't manufacture them. And we yeah. haven't even caught up to that. So they're telling the manufacturers they can't make them. Then at mm -hmm. some point, they're going to say, you can't own them. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to sit here and we're going to take that. And, and no, people, human beings out there, you have to see what's happening and you have to go, no, no to that. We're not going to do that. You, If someone can make a better electric car and more people buy electric cars or whatever, good for you. But no one should be forced to go down that path. The government right. doesn't know what's best for us. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. They do not know what's best for us. If COVID hasn't shown you that, I don't know what in the hell is going to happen for you to, to to realize that the government doesn't know and they don't care what's best for you. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's 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 like what we said. It's like, is it nefarious or is it stupidity? It's a combination of both. It's a lot of times they bumble their way around and then, then they find out through their bumbling that they can take power and then it becomes nefarious after a while. Mm -hmm. Because by by doing by going back and forth on things like masks, vaccines, like what's right, what's wrong. If they see that the people keep shifting the positions with them, they're like, oh, wait a second. Even though we've been screwing up, they still listen to us every time. That means that now we can just choose a path and they'll listen to us. They'll because take we've everything. Seen that they, yeah, they'll take everything. If if we can tell them contradictory things every day and they keep going for it's just like 1984 where they have that one scene where they're giving a speech for like a week that they're fighting a war with like Eurasia. Mm -hmm. or something because there's only like three countries in the book eurasia and then mid-speech they change like oh no we're at war with east asia and then everybody in the crowd just keeps going and then they just change all the signs and everything everybody's like oh yeah we've been at war with east asia the whole time if you let them they'll take everything from you man yeah you'll be so and you, you're gonna sit here and say no they'll never do this but one yeah. day they'll come to one day you you or your children will be getting in trouble because your son doesn't want to date some chick who used to be a dude or whatever and then there's a there's a problem because they don't want to do that yeah okay and, every and, single and, thing will be taken from you if you allow the government to tell you what's wrong and what's right yeah. They do not know what's wrong and what's right. They're not even responsible for that. Yeah. Okay. We are. We are the people. This is the reason why, you know, it's, it, it says shall not be infringed. We're yeah. the ones who decide what's wrong and what's right and what's happening to us. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, they'll do everything to you. When, if you think you won't wind up like China where they're like, you know what? I don't think you could have more than one kid. Yeah. 
You know, there's all kinds of things that you think, if I'm telling you that you think I'm talking about something ridiculous that would never happen in America, you're, you're, you're going to get there. Yeah. And that's where I bring it up to, you know, that that's why I have, and, and I know, like, you know, going back to the article, that's mm-hmm. why even some of my anger towards it or disagreement mm-hmm. with it is from a slightly different perspective from other people, because yeah. I've lived in South Florida for more than 20 years. So I've grown up hearing stories from Cubans and Venezuelans. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, let's say that we take it at face value and say that Rob is coming from good faith. Let's say you give him the benefit of the doubt. If you take the article in a vacuum, I would say this is a big say. No, no, I would still, I would say I still disagree with this coming Uh in good faith because I think it's a naive viewpoint because I've here, I've been growing up hearing all these stories and seeing, you know, witnessing these things next in our backyard where the politicians tell you one thing and then they take away everything from you. They whisper these yeah. sweet nothings in your mouth. So I would be like, with all due respect, man. In your ear. I'm not it's gonna... supposed to be in your ear. I don't yeah. want sweet nothings going in my mouth yeah, either. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, it's like, yeah. it's like with all due yeah. respect, man, yeah. I'm not going to buy that, into it. Because that was the your other Ricky side... Ricardo moment. I'm just, uh, yeah. Because the other side deals in bad faith. And mm-hmm. I think that that's where even if you take it in the vacuum, it's a very naive viewpoint because mm-hmm. – and I think Rob even admitted this himself when he was talking with Crump. He's like, look, dude, I only deal with the Second Amendment. And this is where my IG post comes back to it again. If you only focus or you only say that you focus on that and you don't see that then they're going to create other laws that will eventually force the confrontation on the Second Amendment or where they take away your other rights so that you can't even talk or mm-hmm. organize to defend the Second Amendment, then – you can't keep everything in a silo. You can't just say, well, I'm going to only focus on the Second Amendment, but they're going to take away yeah. my freedom of speech. But that, but sta- that statement is any- not accurate. Like, no, we don't live in a vacuum. So we don't well, live in I a know. vacuum where only the Second Amendment exists. Everything exists. And if you're a human being, you have to deal with everything. Well, that's what I'm saying. You yeah, know? that you can't just take that perspective because I, I've seen this more in the gun community lately where it's like, let's kumbaya, let's go with our friends that might be liberal gun owners. I'm like, I'm okay with that if, they, uh, if they're if they against all these other things that are being pushed now and they really are genuine. They might say like, this party left me, man. Like, this is not really mm-hmm. what I believe in. I was like a liberal. I'm not a progressive or a communist or a socialist like this party is now. It's like, well, if, you, if you're against those things, you can jump on the boat. But if you just like guns because they're fun, and you'll take whatever regulations because you're going to be part of the party. So you might get to own guns if you're mm-hmm. a party member uh, and, and uh, you're OK with all this other stuff. It's like, no, I don't want to compromise with you because I can I see what compromising with this party does. They take away things yeah. and they don't just do it with the guns. They've done it with other things. So why would I believe any any dealings that I do with you? I can't. And that's the problem. We're separating the voters, I think, of the Democrat Party and a lot of these people. Maybe they are dealing in good faith. You know, maybe Rob, we could say if if he might have some other motivations. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. let's say that some of these liberal gun owners do truly believe like, well, background checks, like we won't take away the guns and we don't believe in this other stuff. But we really do believe in background checks. And it's like, well, if you came from that perspective and you never knew anything. okay, let's say that you believe in that. But look what your party does and look what they're suggesting. Like, why aren't you standing up to that? Because that's what they really believe in. So maybe you only believe in minimal gun control, even if we believe in zero. You know, that's better than taking everything away. But 
The problem is the people that represent you that you voted for don't agree with you. You know what? They don't. Here's what I think, man. And I know we're over the nine o'clock hour and I appreciate everyone who's still listening to us and watching. I hope you guys smash the thumbs ups. Here's here's what I honestly think about this. And I think this is maybe what's going on with Rob. I think he's one of the elite in his mind that we were talking about before. Yeah. And he feels like none of this pertains to him because it's never going to affect him. And that's when you start thinking like this, because I don't, the you know, I, I'm willing to fight for everyone on things, right? And that, that's what that's what I think it comes down to. I don't want to be the only person that has the guns or has the rights or whatever. We all need that. And I think mm -hmm. once you start believing like, hey, I'm the elite, this is never going to affect me, you know, that's what I was saying before. The person who believes that it's never going to affect him. I've seen it before. He's a, you know, he's somewhat a Floridian, you know, I guess people can claim all kinds of different things here. I do it too. But, you know, I remember when the politicians here in Florida, right, that put the gun control that we do have in Florida in effect. Us after Parkland. Yeah. They're all Republicans. But here's what the guy that was local here in Florida told me. He was like, oh, but it doesn't really affect my daughter. My daughter yeah. is 18, but she could still get a gun because I could buy it and I could give it to her. And you know what I said? I was like, dude, you know, that's you're you're thinking like you're elite well, and, or something like that. And that's like part that. of the problem. Because, and, and maybe, there's lots of women out there that don't have a father that can buy yeah. this thing and give it to them. And, and, and maybe, this is how this is how we lose when we when we just think like, hey, this will never affect me. It's going to affect other yeah. other people who and, I don't give a shit about. And maybe we need to uh, look in the mirror. And when I mean that looking in the mirror is mm -hmm. collectively like. Just because, and this is something that, you know, Joe and I harp on all the time. Within the gun community, people who are actually 4-2-A are a minority in, in the gun community. Like most gun owners don't care about the laws or anything like that until they run into them. They're not necessarily for the 2-A. They might just buy guns because they're fun or, hey, I need to defend my family. But mm -hmm. they don't go delve deeper into the politics. And sometimes we take that for granted that even people on the conservative side – they're like, yeah, I'm okay with background checks. I mean, right now, what did uh, Crump say the other day that a lot of Republican senators might be on the edge to vote for H.R. 8 and 1446? And it's because if we don't call and let these people know that we're vocal, we're not going to do anything because I bet you could ask and it would be sad. But I think we need to start admitting that it might be true that maybe there are a majority of Republican voters that might be okay with that if you tell them you're not going to give them other stuff and they might actually believe in that they, compromise they, approach. They need to they change do. the minds. They need to change yeah. their mindset. And, and sometimes because we, these things maybe, affect maybe everyone. Maybe we need to stop wasting time and trying to go to the other side of the aisle and actually mm -hmm. make sure that our side is actually 100% behind this too. That's because this is why this is important. You know, the yeah. idea that this is not going to affect me and that it's going to affect other people is very destructive. We already have lots of laws that we thought would never affect us, and, yeah. and, and now they are. And I think, look, the language in that statement, what really, really made me mad over someone just having an opinion was the language that kept getting repeated. And I think if people, from what I'm hearing and the tea leaves that I'm reading out there, you guys are going to see how that language is going to come back at us very mm -hmm. shortly here, right? The language that kept saying, you know, from, from we just want to keep these things from those people, and we all know who they are. We want to keep them from those people. We all know who they are. That's, no, we don't know because, because that's the, the problem. Other, 
Yeah, because again, you're also dealing with a side that does not deal in good faith and they manipulate language. Everything is racist now. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. So you can say, well, the people that we want to get rid of, it's again, this is why language is so important and why I said that you paying attention to other bills like HR5, which would define, you know, basically what it means to be a man or a woman and and blur those lines. Those things are very important because let's say you could dismantle if you change language or the way that things are perceived, you can change the meaning of the Constitution without actually changing the yeah. words. Well, no one is. I will never allow anyone to define like to change the definition of what a man and a woman yeah, is. Yeah, and, and so it's that's been part of the set problem. out. It's been set out by the universe. It's been it's already been set out in the universe of what a man and a woman is. Oh, yeah. But, right. but I'm using that as an example. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with if you. They're, if they can blur the lines of something so fundamental, do then, nothing else, then nothing else. This is why you don't negotiate with batshit crazy people. Yeah. And okay. that's why, again, you can't you cannot take the Second Amendment out of a silo and say, well, I'm only going to base it on their reactions with the Second Amendment. It's like, no, because if they're going to change the definitions on the other side, then you can sit around and keep the Second Amendment the way that it is. But if they mm -hmm. change, like, what shall not be infringed, what if they all of a sudden start conditioning people to mean, no, infringe means compromise, and they change it in the dictionary and all this stuff, mm -hmm. and in 20 years, all of a sudden, it's the Second Amendment reads the same, but it doesn't mean the same thing. We saw mm -hmm. that. That's double speak and 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 you know newspeak yeah. and things like that. Yeah, we've we've and, got to and, avoid and that with a vengeance. Yeah. We got to avoid that with a vengeance. Okay, listen, listen. Um, you know we're, we're <laughs> you're just getting warmed up. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I brought I brought the fun stuff at the end, but we just got uh, yeah. we got on other tables. It was a great conversation the whole way. Yeah, it was a great conversation so, the whole way through. If, if people want to see more, I'm sure that we'll talk about it on our show a little bit more at some point. And you know, yeah. I. I I'm not anybody that I would be afraid to talk with Rob or anything like that. You know, he's always treated my wife and I with respect. So I won't I won't be mean to him or disparage or anything like that. But I vehemently disagree with the approach and I think it undermines us. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think it, it does does us harm. But, yeah. you know, I, don't, I personally don't have any I don't I personally don't have any interest in promoting people that are antithetical yeah. to, to what the mission is here. It's a waste of time. You know, we need to get like a good, solid message out there. You know, we don't need confusion. Confusion is the is the is the the root of all of the problems that we're facing in society yeah. right now. Okay, we need the opposite of confusion. We need people who know exactly what the mission is, right? Yeah. That know exactly what's righteous. And I'm telling you, in this case, it shall not be infringed. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the way that I see it. But I don't wish I don't wish bad things. I just think that, you know, you've got to be able to identify when someone inside of your village or inside of your camp is broken and they could perhaps be turning on you. And it doesn't mean, you know, maybe you've got to let them walk out of the village and go somewhere else, go make their own village, go do their own thing or whatever. But you, but you, you can't keep wasting resources and energy and time on those people when it's very clear. And and to me, it's kind of clear. I've seen things going on for a long time, and I've let it go. And then that that letter that I read was the final straw for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, that's it. I'm not supporting this person. I'm gonna disavow them. I did it maybe in a way that some people were like, oh, this is you know, Hank just flew off the handle. Well, that's that's where I was at in that moment. Oh and yeah. I, and, and, I, and I feel good with a lot of that because play. It's playing itself out to be true. So and sometimes, yeah, and sometimes that's how people feel. I can say that I felt the same way when I read it, but I was like, I'm not going to say anything about it because at the same time, I, 
I, I want to know exactly why, you know, why do I feel, what is exactly the reason that this mm -hmm. made me upset and how does it really mm -hmm. undermine us? And, and I also wanted to hear, I wanted to hear him speak for himself on mm -hmm. John Crump's thing. I think John did a great job and I think Maj's thing was good. And, mm -hmm. and I agree with some of the things, uh, yeah. Well, I, obviously Crump was just interviewing him. So I agree. Yeah. With, I like how he, did I mean, I think we, I think people I think can see when point. they're getting BS'd and people just have yeah. to, uh, you know, people just have to make up their own minds on what's going on out there. And I think ultimately here, we just need to decide where we're going to put the energy. I'm going to put my energy behind the folks out there who are working to the cause that we need, because it's so few of us. We don't, it's a few of us. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have mm -hmm. a lot of power. We're being marked marginalized by social media and the media in general you know it's like our backs are up against the wall here and if you're not in the fight with me i don't want you standing next to me yeah yeah no it's it's getting tough it really is yeah so that's close that's the ranks yeah yeah that's my that's my thing about it other than that hey i wish people good or whatever but i'm just not going to push forward those kinds of things and everyone at least is awake to this and seeing it and i think that um you know it's all going to play itself out and everyone can make their, make up their own mind. Yeah. They want and, and look, it, it is good. I would rather, like I agreed with, uh, cause I watched your episode on Monday with Babyface mm -hmm. P like, I'm totally glad that ammo land did it because I do want to know where people stand. That's mm -hmm. what free speech is all about. You know, sunlight is the best sanitization for ba bad. Yeah, ideas. I just hope they don't keep putting more of that out. That's what I hope. No, no, because, because I don't think I don't think it's going to help when we start seeing that hit in the news. And yes. it's like, well, here's Ammo Land. They're cool with this, or here's this thing or that yeah. thing. You know, um, that's what I worry about with that. Yeah, uh, but, but I, I think mean, I think ultimately they did. Like I I I, cur I told I publicly cursed them out, but then I also spoke to them, to the yeah. guys there, and I believe that they were trying to do the right thing. Ultimately, yeah. you know. And yeah. I think and I think that's sometimes what the other side does, too. They're so afraid that our message is so strong. It's like, look, if we're mm -hmm. really confident in our position with our people, I get it. They, they might use it against us. Mm -hmm. But if you yeah. think it's going to convince people on our side, then maybe our side is not that strong. And like yeah. I said, again, maybe we need to worry about yeah. uh, pumping ourselves up. Atomic Bulls has a good comment. He says the response from Reed Hendricks was very well done. I actually watched that. Someone told me about it today. And so I stopped what oh, I was I doing. Oh, I check it out. Yeah, you should take a look at it. Reed from Val Ridge. Um, you know, look, that guy was a professor. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and I think he I think he laid everything out very well. And, and I, was, uh, I was in total agreement with how he said it and the way he said it and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would definitely recommend people go see that, but pay attention, be your own judge. You know, yeah. if, if people bring things to your attention, now you need to look and you need to make up for your own self. That's what I've done. Uh, people have always, so in the time I've been doing this and, and having Rob on, people have been telling me things and I was like, now nah, I'll find out for myself. And then I started finding out for myself and Rob was sniping me and other people and lots of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And then this thing is not, I, I just didn't jump into this one day, you know, it built up to this, but I do still say to folks out there, ultimately you, you, <laughs> have to and not, i'm not talking about you ro because i know you're like that already um, oh yeah no the, everybody everybody's an adult you got to make your own decisions yeah, find out for yourself look and yeah. do your own uh study and research and pay attention to what's going on and the truth will out yep and then just you know support the organ support the people that you know really are doing the right thing and yeah you know if, if you it. feel that somebody isn't just ignore them or you know don't mess with them 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. So listen, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, uh, let me wrap this up here. Um, can you tell the folks out there, you know, if they want to get more yes. of this from yeah. you and Joanna, how can they, how can they? Yeah, if you want to find us, we're the Locked and Loaded Latinos. So pretty much on all social media, you can search for Locked Loaded Latinos altogether. Uh, our, that's our YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash C slash Locked Loaded Latinos. Uh, you can find me individually as Puerto Rican Pistolero. Uh, mostly on Instagram is where we pretty much got started. So that's our primary platform. Uh, and my wife is uh, Johanna. She's Latina Locked N with the letter N Loaded. And uh, you can give her a follow as well. And we have our show uh, live every Sundays, every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, um, usually for about two hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So it's both of us there. Sometimes we have guests. Uh, with our show, it's funny. I think a lot of people like it when we don't have guests. We get more views without yeah. it. It's kind of weird. Oh, and you guys I, are I a think, dynamic duo, I think, yeah, just the two of you together. Yeah. Yeah. It's because even with one another, you know, we have, we're still conversational. So it's almost like where we interview each other and we have real conversations. And a lot mm-hmm. of people like that because I like when Joe it's just I, even me and you, or if it's yeah. me and Joanna, because, you know, we can. We yeah, can really we're, have we're a good very flow. conversational. A mm-hmm. lot of times what you hear on our show is that's a lot of the conversations that Joe and I have, uh, you know, in our personal lives, mm-hmm. except without maybe I won't throw like F-bombs when I get really <laughs> angry. When I read something and I get really angry, you won't hear it on the show. You'll hear the passion, but uh, you won't have the cursing. Oh, you so, don't get uh, it? We try, oh. to, we try to keep it a, a little bit more family friendly on the show. And right. I know my parents always watch, so <laughs> oh. they would be like, oh, no, we don't want you to do that publicly. Oh, okay. I get it. No, I think you guys do a great show. And um, if people aren't aware of the fact, like, I believe you guys are really passionate about what you believe, um, you know, and I hope you continue doing what you're doing and you grow and the folks out there support you and everything, you know, that's that's what's needed here. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what's needed here. So uh, let me do this. I am going to go out to the I'm going to run in the end scene here and then we're going to come back and we get the final words from Rolando. I want to thank Walther Arms for supporting us. Checking out uh, wherever it is right there. Walther Arms or somewhere right there. Big shout out to them for supporting us and actually helping us uh, put on this. You might want to find out about Tusk. You might want to look into Tusk a little bit. Look into it a little bit. Okay, let me let me roll in the end. All right, guys, thanks for joining us and hanging out with us here. Make sure you smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Share this with your friends and family and all that kind of stuff out there. Um, we are going to rip the audio out of this and put it up on iTunes and all the other places that you get your audio podcast from. You can go directly to HankStrange.com and you can play the podcast from there whenever you want to. I know a lot of people are listening to their cars and all that kind of stuff. We have folks from all over the world listening. It's awesome. There's some folks listening in Switzerland and in India um, in Italy. Um, in in uh, the UK, all over the world, Canada, and a big shout out to all my patriots in America listening and supporting us. We really do appreciate you guys as well as Rolando, Puerto Rican Pistolero. Ro, hit us uh, with the with the final words here. Uh, yeah, just you know, uh, like we said, uh, find out your own information, make decisions for yourself, and you know, stick to it. Make sure that you have a moral code and a standard for yourself so that you know how to carry yourself in these situations and know who to trust. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Absolutely. Big shout out to Simon Says Train. I see him out there. Thanks so much, guys. We're out. Peace.